Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is the Rich Dad Roundtable, and I am your host. Jeez Louise, sorry about that, guys. Let's start that over. Nah, I'm not going to start it over. Just kidding. This is the Rich Dad Roundtable. I am one of two hosts. My name's Miles, here with my good friend Dom. Say hi, Dom. How's it going, folks? Oh, it's going well. Uh, this is a special episode. Is this like, do we call it the Valentine's Day episode? Yeah, uh, we can call it the Valentine's Day episode. We can call it the... Uh, the episode of sexual healing, a little bit of Marvin Gaye, um, <laughs> a little bit of all of the above. Uh, we have Kristen Thomas with us today, who is a coach from her website, yeah. uh, who focuses on relationships, dating, and sex. Um, and I know most out there listening are primarily focused oh. on the sex part. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're going to jump into it. That's usually what most people hear when I say yeah. what I do. Uh, sex, you said, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there's other stuff I do as well, but okay. Um, she's a Mizzou grad. I'm gonna hype her up a little bit. Uh, she graduated with a bachelor in psychology. Correct me if I'm wrong on anything. She also spent time as a Jenny Craig coach. I got that wrong earlier in our pre-production. Now you got uh, it weight loss coach. And, uh, and that's a little short intro. Is there anything I'm skipping or anything else you want folks to know about you before we get started? No, you got it. Okay. Uh, so I guess we can dive right into it, uh, with what most people are probably wondering, uh, what exactly is sex coaching? Great question. Sex coaching is the process of helping people kind of figure out where they are and then helping them decide where they want to be and then helping them set goals to get there. So sometimes it's helping people orgasm for the first time. Sometimes it's helping people learn to be back in their bodies after they've had a change like menopause or uh, a mastectomy or um, after having a kid. Sometimes it's helping couples just communicate better. Okay. Um, and what was I going to say? Um, so, I mean, would you say also for couples who haven't quite gotten there yet? Um, I mean, I don't know if you ever see people like that. I, I have a buddy who uh, did the the religious route who uh-huh. did not have, and I still don't know to this day if he's ever had sex. He never talks about it. Really? Um, but I, I'm, I'm always curious to know if, if, if that's something you might help out with as well. Absolutely. I grew up here. So... You know, a lot of people have actually said, why don't you go live somewhere on the coasts? Because there's probably a lot more open-minded people who'd be open yeah, to what absolutely. you do. But I, <clears throat> I know what it's like to grow up with that religious upbringing and how hard it is to overcome some of those messages that we were raised with. So I decided to stay here because I want to help people who maybe are still struggling with some of those messages that they received when they were growing up and maybe in a, a loving, committed relationship, but struggling with being able to talk about sex and sexuality and their needs and what they want. Do you think uh, part of that is part of it you touched on is kind of just the stigma of kind of where you are in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very conservative as a whole, but um, do you think the other part of that is that vulnerability, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I answer that question real fast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, think about it. it's coupled with, a certain upbringing that men were taught. Okay. You know, that we can get into toxic masculinity right away. Oh, we, t- we talked about that, what, two episodes ago? We're there. Right? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the fact that most men are brought up to not show emotion, especially any sort of negative emotion like sadness or vulnerability or hurt or pain. Absolutely. And a lot of times, 
those conversations around our sexuality are going to involve being vulnerable. It might involve a little pain because some of us are telling uh. our history, our stories. And, and sometimes there is pain involved in why we like what we like now. There's a lot of studies out there that show that our kinks, our fetishes, things like that are developed because of early childhood experiences. Interesting. I, can, I mean, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking of vulnerability, so my girlfriend, we've been together almost four years. We have a kid mm-hmm. together. She's two. Um, she, I've, I've had troubles expressing emotions. I'm just not very good at being a vulnerable person. It's even hard for me to even be at sometimes nice, mm-hmm. like not in a, not in a bad way, but just to be like, there's been times she's walked by me and I thought she's looked drop dead gorgeous, but it's like hard for me to say that for some reason. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation the other day and we've also actually been to, um, I guess therapy, couples therapy. Good. Um, so we kind of went down that road and we hit a bumpy patch and she actually, for the per- first time saw me cry. And she said that, mm. you know, that's something she's never seen. For the you know, first I'm time such in a, four years. Yeah. I'm such a heartless person, you know, but we had like a very, I guess, argument and intimate conversation. And I just broke down for the mm-hmm. first time. And it was, was I this guess, during the therapy or was this, was no, this, this was like one-on-one. At, at, okay, okay, one-on-one. Okay. 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 Um, but I will say, I don't, outside of all that, our sex life is great. Uh, (laughs) disclaimer for the for the most part and uh before i even ask my next question and before we get too deep in other topics um i guess i'd like to know what got you into that and and not got me into sex coaching yeah or like i know i'm sure sure you went to school and you know yeah your degrees in psychology right it yes my degrees in psychology you were correct on that um reading is fundamental (laughs) so i always thought that i was going to become a marriage and family therapist Okay. Um, maybe even a sex therapist. So this was at some point, kind of, this was always in the plan. Yeah. It's just, you just kind of honed in on one. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought you no, just like good. went complete left. Like, yeah. no, I want to do this. You know what? No, I want to go over here. You know, I kind of, I had a, a bumpy route to getting here. Um, I'm older than I look. I'm 38. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm nearing 30, 40. Well, chill out. Which, You're, I just had my birthday. So the oh, whole saying I'm almost birthday. 40 thing is just kind of sinking happy in. Birthday. Steph will Thank be 40 you. this year, not to throw out her age, but. She looks great. She nah, be. she yeah. and I, yeah. We, <laughs> it makes me a little jealous. Does she get carded it still? Makes me a, yes. It makes I do me too. a little jealous because people are like, really? And I'm like, what, a, what about me? Though? You know, like, what about, like, you, you know what they no, say? Black don't crack, too. bro. You guys look young too. We'll be, no, so we'll be um, I thought I was going to become a marriage and family therapist, but then I didn't get into the graduate program I wanted to. And I just thought, well, I'll apply later somewhere else. And that just, Leader never came. And then, you know, mid 2000s, school got really expensive all of a sudden. Yeah. And as I'm looking at graduate programs, the ones I wanted to get into, I'm like, I not only cannot afford to move to these areas, I can't afford the programs. And going into debt was just not something that I was really interested in doing. So, which is a smart idea. Yeah. yeah so I had some very sales <laughs> and you already jobs. had the degree. So. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll figure something out. I had various sales jobs and then I ended up at Jenny Craig. Okay. And I loved it. It was a really rare opportunity to use my degree, but not have a master's. Okay. And let me tell you, when you're talking to ladies and, and men, but mostly ladies, obviously at Jenny Craig, yeah, about losing weight, you're talking about their relationships. You're talking about their sex. Because you're wanna, talking about the you're getting yeah. to the core. It's, yeah. it's, 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 sexy it's all related. Yeah. It's all related. Exactly. Because you're, you're trying to talk to them about their motivation. You're asking them like why they're here. And when a woman's breaking down and talking about how she doesn't have a sex life anymore because she doesn't feel sexy. She's certain her husband doesn't find her sexy despite what he's saying. Yeah. And so you're doing a lot of coaching with helping people become um, happy with their bodies. 
and improve their their image that way. You're helping people accept themselves. You're helping people communicate better with their partners. So there was so much more that went into what I did there than just helping people follow a diet program. And I loved it. And then it kind of spun off into the whole... There was a little journey afterwards. So I was there for four and a half years. I ended up working for getting a couple different sales jobs afterwards. I ended up in renewable energy for a bit. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to change the world with this stuff rather than change the world one life at a time with weight loss or whatnot. But um, yeah, then stuff happened. That didn't work. That, yeah. And my product line got shelved and then Donald Trump got elected. And we've seen what's kind of happened with renewable energy. So oh, I'm kind of glad we? to not yeah. be in okay, it anymore, yeah, for sure. honestly. I'm going backwards because you probably wouldn't have had a job anyway. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's so, true. To be um, I kinda he had could a, probably use your services, honestly. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. I, would, I wouldn't help that I would, guy. I would assume. <laughs> Melania doesn't even want to touch his hand. <laughs> Let me take a drink here. <laughs> <laughs> you seen the video? Her, Thank God you guys provided wine. Oh my, I have seen those videos. Yes, it's, there's a lot of things that body language experts have to say about those So, two. and that's a, actually a pretty good um, segue. We'll just spin off of what you just said. So, do you read body language well? Like, is that something that, oh, yeah. like, you've learned how to do? Absolutely. Oh. Um, so I, I mean, was that in, relationship is fucked. It's I was very in, strange. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in car sales for a long time, actually, uh, after college. <laughs> oh, so you're really understanding. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, I can read people. Teach and, how to get over And the thing yeah. is, but, but at the same time, I've also learned to like figure some things out about people, but then also let them tell me who they are. Like you kind of, you already, well, is that kind of like you already have your preconceived notion and then you're waiting to see if they either validate it or if they just completely throw you for Oh, yeah. Them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were there were times that you cannot judge a book by its cover. Yeah. It's not about how somebody looks necessarily. Yeah. It's about how they hold themselves. It's about what kind of eye contact they make. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot that of times kind of someone stuff. can blow your mind from the the first time you have a conversation with mm-hmm. them. True. I've, I've known a lot of people who I've seen in passing, seen in distance on social media, or we've had mutual friends. So I'm just like, I don't know what it is about that guy, but he rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then I finally sit down and have a conversation with him. One and of I'm the like, coolest wow. people ever. And it, it probably is part of that body language that they perceive themselves to be something that they're not necessary, but not that they are, I guess mm-hmm. to say. Um, so yeah, I agree with that for sure. Gotcha. Um, it's, I, we have like a, a method that we want to try to follow, but it's, it's so interesting just talking and getting, you know, it, it, usually it's two guys talking to each other. So mm-hmm. like, we're all like, Oh, I think this, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's this too. <laughs> so like just kind of hearing just like, little nuggets that you're saying and, and you may not even realize that you're like throwing out gems i'm sitting there like huh hmm. okay you're so, right so is it is my it, pearls of wisdom yeah, yeah you know that's so what happens it, at 38 is it um it's it's i guess is it a little tough for couples to come to you or just people in general because obviously i don't i don't think that sex is a. It's not, it's not the go-to subject. It's a very easy topic to talk about, but your sex life lacking thereof is not always probably the easiest thing to talk about, especially if it's struggling and you're a couple trying to figure out how to, you know. Well, and of course, in that case, they're usually approaching it from the like the the relationship aspect because you got to get that right before you can get the sex right, you know? So for those people that aren't getting laid at all, like especially singles, you know, they've got to get to that point where they're at least like. Oh, I guess that's Even true. Attracting yeah. people. So, so do you go on dates and stuff? So I work with the with phrase that. that a healthy sex life is always going to end up in a not a healthy relationship, but it's a it's a great benefit if you're having great sex. That the relationship um, woes can sometimes be overlooked, or you can kind of get past some things. Ooh. I don't think that relationship woes can be worked through without healthy sex. I'll say that, 
But I don't think that a great sex life can overcome all relationship issues. Uh, and, Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm, I, there's a person that I know, I'll say, um, people just love to tell their business and I'm, and I'm here for all of it. So I, I'm, my ears are always just perked. And, uh, there's a person that I know that they're, they're in a relationship, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's like, yeah, we had this argument, blah, blah, blah. blah. And like, they're, they're not compatible. You can tell. It's like, oh, yeah. well, they had this argument, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, well, what happened after that? It's like, oh, well, they just said they just had great sex and it was good. I was like, oh, word. And I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like that 10 minutes, I'm, I'm not assuming you're the energizer bunny. So that 10 minutes that you spent in bliss, like now you have, you know, the next 20 hours to figure out the issue. So it's like, yeah, sex can compensate for only so much. Right. It's called dickmatized. Andy, yes. Andy, don't cut that out. <laughs> it, it seems like sometimes it's more of a bandaid. You know, you have, it is, a absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You have some great sex. And, and it's one thing if you're working through your issues and then using sex as a healing tool to kind of get past some of those negative emotions. Is that possible? Sex, that can also be detrimental to be in a constant cycle of like just having sex when you're mad or as makeup sex. Because like, it's, that's the, not it's the coping either. mechanism at that exactly. point, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because you're just trying to get yourself to feel something other than anger or sadness or things like that. I feel like when, when you're in the moment of having sex, it brings out emotions or it brings out it can bring about a lot of forgiveness. It really can because, and some tenderness towards your partner. It can bring about like some softening of some, some hurt and things like that. It definitely can heal. Sexual healing is a real thing, Yeah, but, but I, it's a fine line. I think sometimes it can be like, you have to actually work through though. the issue. Yeah. Like that's the crux of it. Like you can, how much do you cuss on here at all? Well, we initially, you can say all you want. No, okay, yeah, you can we're we're yeah, okay. we're pretty much we we're, figured out like we were trying to be like, completely PC, then we realized it's not really how we talk. So Good. okay, cool. Yeah. And it's Andy's like not gonna edit lot. any of this. So when we get on when we get on iTunes, there's a big E right there that lets you Yeah. Know. So uh, it's okay. Let them <laughs> let them fly. Let them fly. Okay, cool. So you can you can fuck like rabbits all you want, but you you gotta actually work through the issues too. So I think personally that's kind of what we struggled with. Um mm-hmm. and while we eventually decided to go to, to therapy. And we didn't do it for very long. I think we did like three or four sessions. Uh-huh. But I think it was a, a great outlook to for someone to be on the outside looking into your relationship and offer a non biased opinion. Absolutely. Um because at least me walking into therapy, I'm like, oh, she's for sure gonna tell you how fucked up you are. Or she's for <laughs> sure gonna or she's for sure gonna realize, okay. The shit he's been telling me, man, maybe some of it is kind of the truth. And I'm going to find mm-hmm. out a lot about myself as well. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was it was really good to, and I think it's great for couples to open up and talk about that. Absolutely. Because a lot of people are ashamed to say that they went to therapy, and I don't think that I mean, that's, and there's such a bad well, stigma around Yes, and it. thank you for sharing that. And plus, that's a really good example to show, like, some people think they have to be in therapy forever. And sometimes you just yeah. need, like... Four or five six sessions, and okay. you're good. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to see people for years. I, I that, prefer to see people like point. for like six or twelve sessions, right? Ooh. Or at that point, they're not doing what they need to do to change. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm here to facilitate change. And we did uh, now. A therapist ahead, is sorry. there for some introspection and dealing with anger, baggage, trauma, stuff like that. I am here to help you say, "Here's my goal." Here's where I want to be. Here's how I get there and help you start setting goals and then hold you accountable to those goals. So it's about change management for me. So, so your overall role, it sounds like, and I, cause I was going to talk about something else that my wife and I did uh, premarital counseling before we got married and it was cool. And we got to see a lot of stuff we haven't, but there's also times where it's just like, huh, I wonder if we should go back and just speak with a counselor, not cause anything's wrong, but it's like, 
you know, we've been married, we'll be married five years. So it's like, okay, let's, let's revisit. Or, yeah. you know, anytime we take a trip, I like to sit down with her and we talk I'm like, Hey, you know, how do you feel our relationship's going? I don't know if she's necessarily being honest with me. I don't know if I'm necessarily being honest with her because we're, we are, we're trying to make sure that we're not going to hurt each other's feelings. Right. So it's like, there's nothing wrong, but at the same time, maybe, maybe, you know, marital counseling is always a good kind of like refresher. Like, Hey, do you still love me? Absolutely. Are there things that you want to change? Probably. Should you change them? Mm, it's possible. So I think that it's really good to take a proactive approach okay. when it comes to therapy. Don't wait until you're at the point where you're code red. Uh-huh. And that's what we did. <laughs> and that's really tough to pull yourself down from that. Right. Yeah, like if sure. you'd been at a yellow and been like, you know what? We are just not getting along. Like we really need to go do it. Or, or even just like, like you say that periodic check-in. Yeah, therapists actually do recommend that you do kind of that periodic check-in with somebody. We were at the point where it was like, all right, I've already made my mind on some of the decisions I'm going to make here in the future, Mm -hmm. but let's go to therapy. But like in my head, I've already got this because we split for like three or four months Mm -hmm. and I left the house completely. And even going to therapy still in my head, I just felt personally that I needed to still leave to Mm -hmm. confirm that this is what I still wanted or if it was still if it was more or less the the idea of having her around every day mm-hmm. and us being able to have sex, you know, because yeah. sex can, can really, it can mess with your emotions. And I also didn't want to mess with her emotions as well. Cause yeah. I feel like not to get into the toxic masculinity, but I just feel when it comes to sex, women can be a little bit more vulnerable than a man can be and what he's trying to get. Cause Ooh, you know, what are your thoughts on that actually? Be- that men can be like more emotionally detached. Yeah, because a man, it's, it, and I know that women can do the same thing. And they I know can. men have been yes. played by women, and you know, she just wants to get her rocks off. But I feel a, a lot of the time, some men just want to get their rocks off. And I think, it's pretty, I think it's pretty yeah. equal as far as it's just a, a human being thing. It's just a difference between humans that get emotionally attached. So Not it's, so it's a conscious, women. so it's probably a conscious choice, I give. Mm-hmm. Oh. So all right, well, there's that. This has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but you spoke on this earlier, uh-huh. and you spoke on teaching couples, or I'm assuming women more than likely, or probably men, but I don't know of any men that struggle with this learning how to have an orgasm. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> because it's, it's like a process. How, do you, how do you come and be like you know what I'm? I've, is it like women or I hate to keep keep using the term women or couples or people in general coming to you and say you know what I've never came, like I've never yeah. I've never even felt this, or before. that it's been a long time since they have and then they've tried and they've struggled with it and then they're like in their head and they just can't is climax. it struggling with with the partner or is it because you it's have usually, like, you it's usually we're talking i mean yes for an example one of my clients she's younger she's in her 20s but she's like i'm not sure that i've ever had an orgasm I'm like then you've not yeah like you like you know you know <laughs> yeah so she's, al- she's also never sure masturbated so and it, that's that really important. Oh, absolutely. I, okay. Everybody should masturbate okay. every single it. day. Okay. So, okay. Watches, I think everyone watches porn. A lot of people are f- ashamed to admit it. And I, <sighs> a lot of people watch porn. Okay. Yes, and a lot of people don't admit it. Yes. So on, on that specific, see, this is why we don't, that's why we don't keep a journal of kind of how <laughs> we do things. Cause it's, I, I this is great. I feel that porn as a man keeps your mind from being, from wandering because as a, as a man, I feel I'm, I'm just, you know, a man gets horny at times. And nothing you mean to, in the act, it keeps you focused on yes, the task at exactly. hand. Exactly. Okay. No, it keeps you from cheating, I think is what he's trying to say. Okay. Not necessarily cheating, but at some point you can have some certain thoughts and then you're like, oh, let me go rub one out. And then, and then the thoughts are, and then the thoughts are gone. So they're absolutely gone. Yeah, so, so theoretically it keeps you, yes. keeps you from cheating. Yes. 
not that so I, it's kind of fulfilling that uh stranger like aspect like or that newness aspect see that's the thing some people that's what they need every once in a while is something kind of different something kind of new and that can be what pornography fulfills for them because it's different than their partner yeah i think that for and it's that way you're not going for something different in real life yeah I th- that's what you're kind of getting at right i think so but not even in real life because she's like she's called me masturbating before <laughs> okay i mean it's i mean it happens uh you say caught like it was like a think, like oh god yeah. but it but it oh, might shit. but it might have been it might have been just like the <laughs> why didn't you say like come over here and join me yeah exactly uh but, but that goes to what we were but, one of the questions of having that that open conversation that's a mm-hmm. like you're not, like but i think for, uh, to, there's, to there's finish, so much going to finish <laughs> it was getting her to understand like all right so she was she caught me watching porn and okay. throughout the whole night she's like what were you watching what were you watching what were you watching and i know who she is as a person and she she thinks a little too deep sometimes or overthinks something and so i, I show her and then she's like thinking that's what i want and mm-hmm. i'm like no i'm just like scrolling through porn and i just see something and i'm like this looks yeah. this looks good like I'm it could be plus sometimes you're already going at it and the next video yeah. starts and you're just deep yeah. enough that you're like i don't have especially time if to, you're only doing uh, the free the free previews you're not yeah. yeah sometimes you like certain scenes so you like to skip through mm-hmm. you know it's some i'm not a fan of all like the the pre-talking and like look i just yeah, i skip that just like there's i don't i don't need to see don't a storyline yeah just like hey i get to what i like i know I what get. you're getting paid for i know what you're getting paid I'm for tw- i'm already 20 pages deep here i'm trying to like really really analyze this but <laughs> so you did you show her or not i did show her eventually okay. uh, and then and then of course it was the whole the, oh, that's, oh just, that's what you like I, now? I, that's the kind of woman you want i'm like no it's really not and, I, and honestly it was like a it was a genre of porn i never watched <laughs> like but i just happened to be what you know my my mom was like you know i never really checked this out you know let me go ahead and <laughs> see what this is all about thank god you weren't watching gay porn yeah, yeah, no. and she would really been, start questioning things yeah uh i and i skip over all that but that's just not my flavor but if that's what you're into we're not here hey, to judge you know she's into some very weird things and and it gets to the point of like you were saying earlier. Is that what you want? Because the the porn she watches is a little. Wait, so she so she watches porn. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if she still does. We haven't talked about it in a while, but she knows Man, I you're, watch porn. You're gonna I have a, a you're gonna have a whole conversation, conversation after this. Hey, yeah. maybe we should hold off on releasing this till next month, next year. <laughs> no, um, you can listen to it together on Valentine's. Then you guys can have a fun, over, sexy over night together. Over a glass of wine. And so here's my question to the, to that, and we're so we're in the we're in the Bible Belt, so it's very, it's it's very different talking mm-hmm. about porn, um, because depending on where you're from or how you were brought up, it's it's looked at as a sin. So, yeah, and it's and would you be? I guess would you be considered like so like the science aspect of it, and not like do you blend the science and the religious aspect, or do you keep them completely separate, or you know, when like when talking to people, how do you approach? So, look, that? I mean, I understand what church taught us. You know, okay. I understand what the Bible says. I grew up Baptist. Okay. Um, so, yeah, okay. I dated the preacher's son in high school. Yikes. Okay. I went and to, those are always the worst. The, the worst I ones. went to, he actually was a good kid. <laughs> wow. And that's probably wow. the only reason I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18. Wow. Until after I broke up with him. Because he, like, he was the good son. He was about. He was He's the about good the kid, Lord. For real. Let me tell you, I know a few pre- preacher's kids and they are not. <laughs> <laughs> His older brother was a troublemaker. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, you know, I went to church on Monday, Wednesday, Sunday on in the morning and at night, yeah, you know, so I get it. I get it. 
Um, it's not that I'm, I'm not consulting people on what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm simply saying like, look, I get what we were taught, but you came here to learn you, about you, sex. Yeah. You came here to learn about your sexuality and, and yes, like there's some things that you can certainly observe about your religion that, you know, not everyone else is going to observe as far as like, if you want heterosexual, if you, you know, there's just different stuff. But what I'm saying is it's not about me helping people observe their religion. It's helping them live an authentic life. And sometimes they've got to come to a point of acceptance that what they like is not congruent with what they were taught when they were growing up, but that not everyone out there that's religious or believes in Jesus or God believes those things either. True. I think you have to separate the two. And I think that even religious people, separate the two when it comes to religious people drink they 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 well, and, and it's, it's a and matter of how you choose of to, yeah i mean it's it's so a, let's be the real. bible says be fruitful i mean have and as multiply. Many, yeah well that's true but then it also but then it's and that's where it's like it's weird like you said if you were on the coast like this isn't even a discussion it's just like no this is what i enjoy doing blah 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 mm-hmm. it's it but when you come to the midwest it's like Oh, you watch porn? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's oh, not yeah, something, I in church that's not that something you should of, ever ask me. But I don't oh, even think yeah. that's currently a Midwest thing. I think that uh, times, oh, times, I, maybe when you're speaking to your wife's parents, but I think when you talk to people who are from the age of 21 to, to 40 or even 45, talking about sex and talking about porn isn't that. I think we, I, it's not I think as we, taboo as it used I, to be. I think be. we want to believe that, but I think, you know, I, I still... Although I still I'm not think, running with the same crowd that I yeah, used to. Exactly. The crowd that I used to run with still, would be like, oh, well, I'm not open. I'm so not out here so. talking about sex with everybody either, though. I remember one girl telling me that a, a man in our church had a pornography problem, like that he was removed from doing some certain things because I guess that he got caught and then someone told on him. And I think then he may have had a problem in general, not a pornography. But at problem. the same time, like. It could have simply been something innocuous, like he got Playboy's over to his yeah, house, and, and then like yeah. someone came and, over and, the way that and people, saw it. Like I don't exactly. know, like it could have been something I, that was nothing. It could have been but huge, that's, but that's it how taboo like sex that. is. It could have been really, really awful. Well, I, mean, I don't yeah. know. But, I wouldn't even say taboo. I think it's we still live in a society where you know, sex, even being a sex worker and all that is is frowned upon when it comes to other, but. You know, some people idolize a drug dealer. Some people idolize yeah. certain things, but it's always that aspect right? of using your well, body. Some slut shaming. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all about. I mean, that's the truth, though. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I I had a friend, and this might be off on a tangent, but he was talking about that. You know, mm. how we idolize. You know, if a guy's out here selling drugs, if a guy's out here doing whatever, he's you know considered he's doing what it takes to get money, or he's doing what it takes to provide for his family. Getting his house loan. Yeah. But a woman who's out here stripping, and a, and let me say, like I know strippers. I've known strippers for a long great, time. Great gals. I love they strippers. Make, they make great so money. So does two chains. They make great mm-hmm. money. And I and honestly, I would say ninety percent of the women I know who strip wouldn't give any of those men the time of day outside of the strip club. No, hell no. Like the, and they really wouldn't. They they you know, they get online or who I don't know any women who get online and do that, but I know it, it happens, you know, with like the Snapchats, you know, premium all this or pay for this to see me naked. Yeah. And I just That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. I, and I think it's just women capitalizing. Wow. Then owe me $5 and yeah. see what happens. Exactly. And I what? Think, yeah. I think it's just women capitalizing on wow. men being men. being men. Like, you know, yeah. there's there's plenty of men out there who will pay to see a stranger naked. Although Hell porn yeah. is free on the internet. Which is very crazy because, yeah, there's several sites that you can get maximum exposure. But I'm just. They're sending five bucks to to see a nipple is that what's out here there's, there's i mean a, have you ever heard of a sugar daddy i mean there's men yeah. out there who pay for yeah, yeah. well i guess i didn't realize that they were on snapchat though that's <laughs> i guess 
Man, I got has been living under a rock. He's man. talking about the Bible Belt. He's over here not knowing about. Uh, no, well, it's not. <laughs> the Bible Belt is just a product of where we are. Like we started the conversation knowing exactly where we were, so it's 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 very prevalent. Like I'm just, you're the first person I've heard use the term Bible Belt. And Lord knows how long. No, I've said it recently because that's what I talked about. Like that I we, know. I was raised in the Bible Belt. And yeah. this is my mother told me that if you have sex, you die. That's what she told us. <laughs> we never had a sex talk. She said, if you have sex, you go to hell and die. And now I have so, a kid. So, mom, why am I here? Exactly. I mean, that should have been your first question. Like, obviously, you had sex you because you, you question, made me. Mom. So, I mean, th- and, that, and that's the thing is like those very vague messages. You know, if she had said things like. If you have premarital sex, you're going to hell. That's a little bit more context because that's really what she's trying to get at, right? Is that's what the Bible says? Is oh, that no. you're I supposed to she, save your I body for mother, your partner? My mother, well, uh, she is just a very like it's just a conversation. I just think that she wasn't comfortable having with her kids. Although, sure. so she just kind of word vomited and it's like, yeah, like, but like that's my parents were. Keep it real with us, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like my, you know, at least she had somebody. Yeah. I didn't have see, that's. I didn't have that really. Well, I got the like the. Uh, I'm not really wanting to talk about this and I'm going to kind of ignore it to and then the other extreme was this is awful and this is terrible and shake your finger at it and yeah and I don't really know how to how would I even approach that conversation when it does come up if it ever comes to yeah. me she might not ever ask me about it she might not feel comfortable I feel like I'm laying the groundwork to make that conversation a very easy like I mean and, and you know with my sisters like my younger sisters like I, I pride myself on, you know, being able to have those conversations with them because I did. And, you know, they came to me and they're like, yo, a boy said this to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does this mean? I was like, yo. And I asked her, I said, well, I said, did you did you give him the cookies? She goes, yeah. I said, OK, well, he's not going to call you. This is exactly what this means. And it's, it's that thing. It's just like if you if you can't you can't stop something if you don't know about it. So, right. you know, my parents didn't really have that conversation with me. So it's like, all right, well. Here it is. So I don't know how I'll do with my daughter. I don't know. It's going to be every, every the, weird. The first thing sex. I do with kids yeah. is to, from an early age, be open and honest about like their body parts. Yeah. Call okay. it a penis, call it a vagina or a vulva. Um, call them breasts or things like that. Don't, don't give them nicknames. They're cute. Yeah. And, and be really honest with them about what their body parts are for. Which, and that's, I've and when been they start asking that questions about like where babies come from, be very scientific about it. Just yeah. like, you know, so I remember when I was in like the third grade, I don't know mm-hmm. if they still do this, but we legitimately, and I don't think I was in third, I might've been in the fifth grade. I was in elementary school and they pulled the boys and the girls aside yeah, they and they showed, us, they showed us the video and it was yep. like, this is an erection. Yep. This, yep. Is okay. this is their testies. This is this I, don't their know yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that. Are they? I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel man. like that's probably frowned upon now, but I which would, is, I would which is crazy. It. I mean, it's, but you know what? Even at that age, you already know what all that stuff is. For True. Part. I kind of, I already knew what things, things were going on. I didn't know all the details, but I kind of mm-hmm. knew what was going on by fourth grade. They did it in fourth and fifth grade for us. It was kind of like a review, I guess. Yeah. That but I kind of already knew what was up with sex by that time. Yeah. I think so. every kid, know, like every kid's well, got now that for sure. He's got a porno or his dad's got a porno. So somewhere. the average age of a kid seeing their first pornographic image or video is currently 11 years old. So if that's the average age, that means you're talking about, you know, eight to 13 or so being that median age. So you got to think about like at seven or eight years old, you got to start talking about consent and what's okay. And especially for you guys, you're going to be raising kids in a digital age. You've got to at an earlier age, talk about like the internet is forever. Do not send things that you may regret. Do not be, 
talking to people that are asking and soliciting for pictures of you and you gotta I, I, I do not I do not have children I'm very sorry for what you guys are going to experience when it comes <laughs> to some of the digital stuff yeah, with raising got, children, especially daughters. a daughter. Yeah, yeah it's. But I've got two. But like you well, said, it's I'll all about, it's about being it's open and about honest being with open them. Being open and honest and continuing yeah. when she sees yeah. something, not acting as if she didn't see it, or right? just being able to have a conversation. Like I saw my first penis underneath of a desk in kindergarten because a boy like flashed me. Well, luckily he it was, was a like, kid, hey, so the desk. that's and cool. Under and like, oh. But even then, that goes back to like understanding like what made what gave him the idea to even do something right like that. something probably prompted you know? him in his life to like I, okay so my thing i am i am giving a storytelling hour tomorrow so i was kind of talking about some of the things that i experienced as a kid in that and i'll tell you guys some of those things like for example i found a playboy when i was four at my grandparents farm that my uncles had and i remember looking through it and thinking like oh i want boobs like that but then i was also thinking like where's the naked men well, my Oh, my yeah, my parents, sense. I always say full, my thing with my parents is I will talk slightly about my parents, but my parents listen to the things that I'm on. So I never give away too many details. Yeah, However, sure. yeah, well, my mom doesn't listen. So they had like a Kama Sutra book that I found when I was like five or six mistake. My dad made was leaving on the back of the toilet. That's his fault. Yeah. Well, it's just out in the open. I just yeah. don't think that he was <laughs> thinking like about like, well, most, Oh, my most... daughter is going to come in and use this bathroom. And then she's going to see him and be like, what's this? Most so, parents like, are just like, Oh, I saw never find that. you know, penises yeah. and full on, like all sorts of stuff, crazy stuff in a Kama Sutra book when I was like five. Hmm. So, we so like, library. I knew a lot more than a lot of other kids from a very young age. So me and my cousin, when we, <laughs> when we would go to my grandmother's house and rest in peace to her, she had a, and we were young when we found this. Uh-huh. Like we were, I was probably in elementary school. We found like a 1975 play. Latoya Jackson was on the cover. I'll never forget. Ah, yeah. It. <laughs> I mean, that like, before she had all her plastic that, surgeries. Yeah. So that, was like, that was like premium Latoya. Like whenever we went to Granny's house, like that was the go-to. It was in the same closet. It was like tucked under like look a look at it over and over like, again. Yeah. Right? And it probably wasn't even hers. It was someone like you know probably my dad's or like one of my uncles who had left it over uh-huh. there a long time ago. But it was like the go-to when we went to her house. Like that oh, was yeah. our first introduction into i guess and how old sexual, were you we were young i mean i was you know no more than 10 or 11 yeah but probably younger than that um, dude i was seriously like four or five when i was looking yeah, at like a young. 40th nah, or 30th anniversary yeah, of playboy and it was a bunch of celebrities crazy. and it was just like a compilation i remember just like tons and t- like six or eight people on pages and just be like boobs and bush and boobs and bush but i remember being like speaking on kids when good times, there's good such, times. like kids knowing like just been like her bush is weird <laughs> like kids knowing what um seeing their first pornographic flick or whatever mm-hmm. at the age of 11 and i mean kids are like sexually deviant i was at least you know like i remember meeting sex play is a real thing for like, kids i remember yeah. being in like the what is grade. wait hold on, hold on a just, second just kind of like the self-discovery oh, or, or like when they're, I'm thinking like theatrical. I'm like, what is, no, just, what is going on? Just the, the kind of like figuring themselves out, like okay, okay. alone time, like yep. naked time. Yeah. A lot of little kids love naked time. Yeah. It kind of some, sometimes stems from like that. I remember, yeah. I, I remember me and all my buddies when we were, when we first met, like when I first moved out to the suburbs mm-hmm. and talking about sex and like, oh yeah, we have, a, I had sex, you know, I had this and like, you know, we're adults now. We're all like, we were all lying about right. that. We were all virgins at the time. <laughs> you know, like none of us had ever even, you know, we probably kissed a girl or something like that, but none of us had ever gotten like my f- the, f- the first few sexual encounters I had with a girl, like I had no clue what I was doing. Like I didn't know what to like I didn't course, know where to touch, where to you know, but um, and this is 
off we're we're on a tangent as, and as we said to begin with we don't really you're fine we don't really have a uh, valuable information though, <laughs> i'll be honest with you we don't have like a set course that we follow um but something i had written down it was just one of the questions um kind of back to being an adult and mm-hmm. no longer a kid um a lot of people struggle with intimacy in relationships yeah and i know personally i've i, don't, I wouldn't say i've struggled but i've gotten the whole you know you want to have sex but I'm not in the mood or, you know, you only touch me when I'm like, you know, when you're horny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, do you deal with couples in that? And like, how do you combat that? I don't, well, I don't know if there's really a way to combat it, but I oh, guess how do, yeah. how do you make your how do you make your spouse feel sexy at all times and not just when you're trying to get some play, I should say. Well, it depends upon your partner. So have you ever heard of the five love languages? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I said today, I said we had our questions and uh-huh. I was like. He said, okay, I'm going to ask this question. I said, I guarantee she's going to mention the five love languages. Absolutely. It's it's like the Bible. It is. It is. It's like the Holy Grail, for real. So for I recommend it know. to every single couple. <laughs> well, for those that don't know, the five lo- love languages by Gary Chapman is helping. It helps people understand that the way that you show love isn't necessarily the way that your partner wants to receive love. And it's really important to give love the way that they need it. So there's... Physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation. Oh my God, I had that glass of wine, so now I'm halfway lost. Side note, it's, it was a small <laughs> glass. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> Sorry, here. I always have to have it in front of me. Words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, mm-hmm. and come up within a second. So, okay. So let's, let's kind of dissect, dissect those for a second. So like physical touch, like you might be a physical touch person. So you want to touch her, whether it's rub her back when she's doing the dishes or hold her hand on the couch, things like that, or rub her thigh. And to her, cause she's not a physical touch person. She interprets all those as you trying to have an invitation for intimacy yeah. or sex. I should be more specific. They're, they're all invitations for intimacy, but Really, what she thinks is it's the next level, which is sex. So part of she that could some laying the groundwork, right? So part of that, well, and technically you are, absolutely. Yeah. However, <laughs> but, but, but laying the ra- groundwork could be for tomorrow. It could be for later tonight. It could oh. be for in an hour. Ooh. Like that's the thing. Trying to seduce your partner doesn't have to just be a like we're gonna have sex right now. Like I'm gonna take you upstairs right now, or we're gonna do it right here on the couch. Trying to, trying to lay the groundwork like you, for having sex could be a, a whole day affair. But I feel like you sometimes lose the energy. Like you're like, oh, this is a good time to have sex right now. But then it's not. And then you get in bed and it's just like, oh, well, now I'm not going to get laid. Well, know? but <laughs> to what you were saying, though, like, yeah, you're, you're laying the groundwork. And who's to say when the time comes? Right. She or if that's your love, if physical touch is your love language, then you're going to remember those moments. Like, OK, when they do when they are ready to initiate phase 10 we'll call it mm-hmm. um they're gonna think oh no they're not just starting this all this week they've been talking to me kindly they've been doing mm-hmm. these small things it's like or been I'm, doing acts of service because yeah. that's what their love language i'm ready is. to open up and it's so i i, I guess i never thought about Quality it that way time. that's what it yeah. was so Good when job. we went to therapy she said that watching tv is not considered quality time right because you're not you're not really doing something. You're not engaged right? with each other. You're engaged yeah. with what's on the screen. But yeah. that is like where we spend. But maybe going to a time. comedy show together would be good quality time. You're still engaging in something that's in front of you, but it's a it's a different dynamic because you're going out. You're going on a date. You're doing something. It's an experience. Okay. So do you? Do, I got a, I got a lot of thoughts in my head. 
All right. Uh, just let them, let them so flow. So do you deal with... You got to pay for those answers, though. Yeah. Don't, let them, don't <laughs> let them fool you. Do you deal with... So I guess at the same time, making, making your woman feel feel interested, but at the same time, not trying to... So I run into the issue a lot where like... a I'll be a, a, if a beautiful woman walks in front of me, I'm going to notice that no matter I, sure. I absolutely love okay. the woman I'm with, but I feel like, well, she's know, not dead. She's probably going to notice the hot dudes walking by. Exactly. Too, so. You know, but at the same time, it's like, I saw you looking at her, but I saw you looking at that. And how do you, how do you combat? I don't, I don't know if this is even a question. Well, where does it stem from? I think is probably the bigger, is that indicative of the relationship or I think it's just human nature? To me, I no, mean, no, no, no. I the, might the have getting, a different perspective than a lot of ladies, where I just think that it's an appreciation for the human form. Yeah, you're on that science shit. Yeah. I'm, gonna start using I'm that. also bisexual, so I'm, start, I'm looking at everybody. Uh, Fair I'm enough. And that. I've been single for three years, and I don't, I don't have anybody that's in my life telling yes. me like you shouldn't be looking at somebody we had else. These, we had questions so, that we needed. And to even if I did to... have somebody in my life, they should be looking with me or letting me look. I don't know. It's just kind of like that's my thing. Is that looking is different than something else and taking know. action so yeah. single for three years let's talk about or that. learn to just <laughs> learn to just not do it in front of her i don't know but then okay but okay and every for guy you, you're talking like, about I'm open like i'm looking at my phone and i'm gonna just but you're talking okay so here, here's what you can do look at her look at the other girl's ass real quick and then look at your lady's ass real quick so that when she looks at you you're looking at her you're smart mm, i try <laughs> okay there's I mean that that may work probably won't yeah, probably. Uh, no but okay so when you when doing how do you figure out and i guess one of my questions was how do you determine quote unquote a healthy relationship because are you primarily focused on couples getting getting through the the sex aspect or are you focused on couples having healthy relationships as a whole and everything that goes into it because you looking at um, someone else, and I, d- I do it all the time, but you looking at someone else and then, you know, your wife sees you like, obviously it's going to make her feel some t- sort of way. I mean, even if your husband, if you catch your wife looking at someone else, like, yo, you know, I look like Shamar Moore out here. What's, what's, what's cracking? So it's just like, how do you reassure? Like, no, no, no. It's just, you know, it's just, but then you, you say like, it's just human nature. Like you have to be blind not to appreciate beauty and other people we were yeah. we, we were at a party once and this guy walks in he's like six foot four he's like you know he's buff he's he's all this he walks in and every woman is looking directly at mm-hmm. him with the, including steph mm-hmm. and at the same time like i i mean you don't have to be gay to say another man looks good like you know when a good a good looking you. brother yes, walks in front thank of you, you. Like, all right when you got the that sauce man, you got the sauce I mean, that, that, man, that man looks good like i'm i'm sorry like, I, I will admit that like this man so I, I i would not expect you not to look at that you know but, but is that we like logically thinking that's how we look at it like yo yes that person is absolutely attractive i think it's where you're at on, in your relationship when you say yeah i mean some people have if you if you're going through it already and then you're you're staring at all these women out then it's probably not going to make her feel very secure but if you're if everything's all, all good at home i would assume that there's totally difference in, in looking again looking at somebody and appreciating the human form and looking at somebody and lusting after them and showing that lust to your partner in the moment are those like, two different looks though that's what i'm trying to figure if you out. were literally if you are in that moment where you would if your partner wasn't with you and you would have just like turned tail and gone and followed that person and tried to engage them in a conversation or try and get their phone number things like that like mm, that's when you know like okay you're probably looking at this person with something deeper well, yeah, that's than something, just yeah. that's something deeper than just 
I'm appreciating that that person has a nice rack. Yeah. Like, but then I guess we're talking about two different things on that one. Yeah. Because we're we're talking about looking at someone and just like you said, appreciating the human form. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're if you're looking at a person and like, yo, if my if my spouse was around, I'm definitely gonna go and try to get that. Chances are you probably got some other issues oh, that yeah. you're you're so do you dealing have with. Any thoughts anyway. on that? Like on the on the idea of people who cheat but at the same time aren't willing to let their relationship go? Because I feel like that's a lot of a lot of relationship. Not a lot, but a lot of a lot of people who are cheating. They're cheating. But they're not expecting their current relationship to end. They're just, you know, trying to get something on the side from time to time and then come back home. Well, a lot of times it stems from something that's unhappy in the relationship. Absolutely. You know, either they're they're not communicating. They're not having sex. They're not spending quality time together. They're not getting their needs met. They're not having their love language fulfilled. Mm. Uh and there are a lot of people out there who would rather go out and find something different than simply sit down and talk to their partner and have a really difficult conversation. Is that where you come in at helping Absolutely. with that conversation? Yes. Yes. So what if somebody- I mean, I've definitely had people come to me and say, I have not had sex for a very long time in my relationship, and I'm thinking about trying to ask them to open it up. I'm like, what are, what have do you they thought say about like a long time? Six years. Okay. One, yeah, so like, two years was one. Wow. So I said, well, have you thought about talking to your partner about having sex again and both of them went home and one of them said his partner had no no intention whatsoever in having sex anymore she was like no just kind of done with that phase of my life so did did they come back those things that it's like all right you know it's been going on for so long that i'm just content now at this moment Mm -hmm. well and so like with one client client, when i when i was talking to them about Okay, if you want to go home and talk to your spouse about opening up your relationship, you've got to be prepared for a couple of different responses. One is, get the fuck out. I want a divorce. Okay? If you want to go fuck somebody else, go for it. But I'm not sticking around. Okay. That's one potential reaction. Another is, great, have at it. Good luck. Another is, awesome, I would like the same thing. In fact, I've got somebody in mind. You go do your thing, I'll go do my thing. Are you going to be okay with any of those options? And he was like... Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not the first. I think it would be more the either the latter or in the middle. So, well, and what was the middle one again? That she's like, go have fun. Oh yeah, obviously. Do you, do you deal with any swinger couples? Absolutely. Yeah. Like how you got to read the page, man. She how does, she deals in everything. I just I yep. just wonder how how can you have sex problems and you're swinging? I, I just always figured most. Well, people he that was I know wanting are, to become a swinger. I mean, uh, he was he was wanting to open up his relationship. So is that because? But he that's wasn't not really feeling, swinging. It wasn't. It wasn't going to be a together well, thing. Well, that's it was what I'm saying. Just him doing like his swinging thing. Swinging has and to be some, couples. Some couples. Right? Are, that's the thing. We have very different standards for monogamy here than a lot of other cultures. Um, my personal hero is Esther Perel. She's from Belgium. She's a very different view on on sex partly because of where she grew up um she's given some ted talks she totally check her out she's awesome she does not think that extramarital affairs or even mistresses or things like that are the end of a marriage it's up to each marriage to decide how they want to be structured some people belong in a singled up monogamous relationship some people belong in a polyamorous relationship. Some people belong in an open where they go do their own thing and don't talk about it with each other. Other people have a very wholesome, like their partners know each other and it's all open, but it's up to each couple to decide. That's the thing. It's up to each couple to decide how they want to define their relationship and what they want it to look like. 
they've got to figure that out. And so much of what couples do these days being just the monogamy thing is based on what society has told them. And that works for a lot of people. And that's fantastic. But it doesn't work for everybody. Like we're all different sexual, sexual creatures. Yeah. So, for example, these days there's a lot of people out there who are married, but they're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend on the side. And there's the, you know, a lot of people probably say like, oh, well, he's cheating or she's cheating. I need to tell that spouse. Well, you don't know what's going on in their relationship. Ooh, you don't know what permissions they have. So I I know a couple who swings. Uh-huh. And so the very first time I ever met his wife, she showed me her tits. And I was single at the time and I'm, I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. Is this what's okay. up? <laughs> um, and then I go downstairs to another bar cause I was working in P and L at the time. Mm-hmm. And I won't say exactly what he's doing cause it might give, give, give it away who it gotcha. is. But, uh, but then I met him and she's like, Oh, Hey, this is my husband. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is really weird. But then come to find out, obviously, you know, cause they weren't, they weren't in the, the swinging mode at the moment. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay. But then once I got to know them, they, you know, they're swingers and like, I've been bartending and her single man has came in there and uh-huh. they've gone and did their, they've gone and fucked in the bathroom like <laughs> legitimately. And she's walked back in and he's, he's got the thumbs up for her. <laughs> like, and so like, like you said, like it's, it's different for different every couple for different folks. and they're, yeah. they're married. They got kids. They've been married for like 30 years, you know, like they're, they're doing their thing. So it's, gonna be honest with you my mind is just really blown i'm and i'm sitting here like yo i first got introduced to swingers when i was traveling a lot with my last job because i would be traveling alone I'd go cars? Sit at a no my last job <laughs> i was in renewable energy oh right, I was right, right. For a manufacturer Pride of um i would just be sitting there talking to people at the bar because traveling alone i'm just going up to a restaurant yeah. i'm sitting at the bar i'm not going to a table and i got to talking to several guys i swear to god so many traveling sales people are swingers yeah would you would you say swinging comes up in a and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know a few. I don't know how they got there in their relationship. But would you say a large portion, or even probably fifty percent, or just like, all right, we're at this phase in our relationship. Like, what the fuck else can we do here? Sometimes like, I, love I said, you. like, we've, we've tried everything else, so, so why not try this? Like, and like, I didn't realize, like, up until meeting him, like how big the swingers community was. Like, it's they, huge here. Like they've they've rented out huge. They've rented out bars. Yes. I've worked at, and I mean, they've like they're, they're just doing their own thing. Well, I had a buddy one night. And he's like, oh, yeah, there was a there's like a shooting or something in Westport one night. And it was like really early on. And so he ended up leaving because it got a little too, you know, the bar started to shut down early. Um, and he said he met these two girls or a girl and her friend. And they were like, hey, come with us, you know. And he's like, he's single. Like he's on the prowl every weekend. Mm-hmm. And they took him to this this bar called The Spot. Oh, yeah. The Spot. And, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, oh. I went in there. He's like, I went in there and it's like 40 bucks to get in. Like, uh-huh. so like one thing, like, I guess like it's a private club swingers don't play about like, if you ain't with this, like you're going to pay to get in here. Like, Oh yeah. Well, the thing is it's a private club. It's not a bar. So it's, it's actually BYOB if yeah, I remember correctly. I so it. it's not a, it's not like a licensed establishment technically, so like, like a traditional can, bar. That's why they can be open so late. Yeah, like, exactly. I've, I've, I've they like, can their like do their own hours. And they're open like four or five in the morning yeah. or huh. shit like that. Kind of like um, mutual musicians club. Yeah, in the in the uh, 18th of Vine District, which is a yeah. great great spot as well. If you like yeah. live music and after absolutely, hours and I love really that drunk. place. Nice plug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, shouts out to them. Um, so I want to circle back to something you said. You're you're, you're three years single. Yeah. And how <laughs> how does that how does that affect and hey, embrace, it. embrace, oh, yeah, embrace <laughs> it? Embrace hey. it. I sometimes that, joke that I know more of what not to do than what to do. Well, I'm most people divorced, who give great so. advice. Okay, that's understandable as well. Yeah. Again, whole Wait, 30. Wait, what? How does... 
38. What's understandable? That I know more of what not oh, I thought, to do than no, what to do. Well, you're like, no, twice divorced, and I hear him say, that's understandable. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not that part. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, most people who give great advice usually aren't the best at taking their own advice. Well, do you think you have troubles? That's how I live life. Is it, like, if. So are you white only? I am not. Good. Good. You shouldn't be. No. Test it on I out. recently had fun with a. Don't Very okay. Handsome. No, don't. <laughs> I recently had fun. Like, did you purchase this person? No, right. I swiped. I swiped. I, no, wait. Right. I, I hit. No, I hit a, a, a heart. This hinge has hearts. Ah, okay. So yeah. Does that mean you really like him, or, um, or like you're just, just like, like interested enough? Yeah. So like Hinge is a little different than some of the other dating apps out there. It's more about like a kind of looking at a visual story, like their pictures and like funny clips and little quotes, things like that. And you can like something on there and like, so you hit the little heart and then you can either just send them like, or you can say something like, love this picture of you, or you've got a great smile or what a great story. Is this um, like, you know, so like Bumble is like, um, the woman initiates if, if I'm not mistaken, is that Bumble is the woman okay. initiates just like 24 hours to respond once you match and stuff like that. Okay. Hinge is just open for either gender. Okay. So either or so, can, okay. Okay. Yeah. Can you, so can I like, let's say like I'm on Hinge uh-huh. and I come across your profile. Is that how it works? Yeah. Is it like, is it? Is it? Am I just coming across a new profile every swipe or like or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still the same so, thing. Where so we still have to connect mm-hmm. through the mutual liking, though. I can't just like send you a message and be like, "Hey." Correct. Okay. You have to connect through mutual liking. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. There, so I can't just be like the rando. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Are there platforms that you can just be like stalkerish and be like, "Oh, what's yes. up?" Yes, and I don't use any of those. Is that Tinder? There's, there's um, a girl yeah, at Tinder, work that, okay, it, that kind of stuff. Girl, that. She's been reading me some of like the pickup lines that these dudes are, and she's 19. And the pickup lines are just outrageous. And I don't know if they're trying to be funny or if these are seriously, or they're, they're literally out here trying to trying to go after it. So she just reads them to me and I just laugh. But. So maybe so they're I, taking the 60% of the time works every time approach. Yeah. You, know, like, you miss, miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So I used, I used Tinder once, uh-huh. like when it first came out. So this was probably like Tinder sucks. six years ago or something like that. Yeah, I and, did. I did Tinder. And um, a buddy of mine, his I nephew, only, I, only, swipe. I only use it for a very small period of time. I've mm-hmm. never really been one with the online dating, and it's just I don't know. I've just not your bag. Yeah, and I met one girl off of there. Like I, I'm sure I think I had I, I had plenty of connections, and I, I think I exchanged numbers with other people. But mm-hmm. this one specific girl I met off of there, and we went. I came to her house. Like I brought like a six pack of beer, and we just drank and hung out, and then like nothing ever happened. Uh-huh. And then we just became really good friends after that. <laughs> like, and then my buddy actually ended up hooking up with her. Yeah. And, like they dated for a short period of time, but Are that's still friends my, with her. Uh, we're still friends on social media, but gotcha. like, we don't like talk like on a, on a daily. Plenty of fish so- was my, my uh, platform. Uh, I found, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I, in Col- I was, I was in Columbia. Yeah. I was in Columbia. Yeah. 11. I was in Columbia at the time. Plenty of fish was like the hot, the hot new thing. I, I had a couple. Columbia, hell yeah. Yeah. So Black Planet was the thing when we were kids. <laughs> okay. I set up a profile. I wasn't black enough. It was, it was black, weird. Black Planet, black Planet was like... I didn't have the sauce. It, it, was like, uh, it was like a MySpace almost for like, I don't know. It, this is like it was before, terrible. This is before like any sort of integrated... In the, this is before smartphones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was like literally like you create a profile I, and I can't remember it in like vague, but I know you could have like backgrounds. You get like, yeah. Music, yeah. You like music. Set the vibes. It was like a MySpace, but a lot of, most people use it for like dating, but this is like even in the yeah. era of like me talking to women, but like 
talking to women who lived in Texas or lived in California. It was just like okay. I, you had I no like, intent on going to school. Like I was a kid. Yeah. It was like it was like we were like in middle school when we used this. So that's that's my brief. Okay. My foray into <laughs> online dating. I remember I was uh, eighteen, and uh, I don't know why this person thought it was going to be cool, but I was a uh, I was in some class at in high school. It's getting senior year, chilling. Then some class that didn't really matter because I knew I was about to graduate barely, and uh, they had like the school monitor up on there, okay. and somebody was making fun of me or somebody was doing something, and all of a sudden I look online and I see my Yahoo dating profile. I was like, you son of a bitch. Yahoo has dating? A dating? This well, this was in 2004. So this was <laughs> quite some time ago. Uh, yeah, so I had a dating profile and I tried to play mm-hmm. it off. She really crushed my spirit, though. I think, I think everyone has had their <sighs> Sorry, she did that to you. Nah, it's okay. Of, I don't even think it was a she, though. That's what I'm trying to figure oh, out. Okay. Who did it? Dating. Dick. Dick. And I think that online dating is like the norm. Because like, even if you're not These using days, like a Tinder much, or anything yeah. like that, you're still sliding a DM. Or on, yeah, on, on Instagram sort of or Twitter media, and things like that. Like, you know, hey, still... that's how that's how Nick Jonas got Priyanka Chopra. Is he Re- slid, slid into her DMs on really? Twitter for real? Hmm. You never know. What you no, can... I, I'm, <laughs> so I'm just kidding, Whitney. I'm just kidding. So I'm me just and kidding. Steph met. Uh, like it was through a mutual friend, but it was uh-huh. through a mutual friend through social media. Gotcha. It was that's like, a, me and it was like we were hanging out one night, and I was like on his Snapchat. This was like when Snapchat was a thing. Uh huh. Uh, he snapchat me and she's like who's that guy and blah 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 and then she thought I was funny apparently yeah. <laughs> and jokes get you man I'm telling you humor your, is the biggest thing for avenue. women absolutely and uh oh yeah we ended up following each other on social media connecting mm-hmm. and went on a date and now we have a kid and there was love. I have a house with a pool and two <laughs> dogs who don't get along so you just live in regular life. All Wait, right, cool. You don't get cool. along or the dogs don't get along? The dogs don't get along. Okay, just making sure. And the kid sure. doesn't get along with one dog. Aww. The new one or the old one? The new one. She's a dick. Um, <laughs> Yikes. I'm trying the to kid's like, a dick or the dog's a dick? The kid's a dick. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to get her to... She's very aggressive. And when you tell her no, she gets more aggressive. Uh. So she kicks him. And she, she's and also two, so yeah, she's two. Very young, but I'm like Zoe, don't kick him. And she's like, and then she, she does it again, but she says it in her no, and she screams no, and then she kicks him, or she's just like wants to grab him. She she sees us pick him up because he's a small dog. The other dog we don't pick up because he's big, mm-hmm. but she's like grabbing him by the neck, and Aww. his name's Nelson. Nelson, I pick Nelson up, and she's trying to. Anyway. I mean, that's She'll what learn. that's what Parker's She'll doing. Learn. She's doing that with Bella. She can't do it with Lucy, but she does it with Bella all yeah. the time. And it's one of the funniest things ever because she really just goes after like, oh, oh you guys talking about me. your kids is so cute, but it's, uh, um, but that's not the topic. Don't of this, have children, this, uh, nah, this man. It's fine though. I mean, you and, know. but we can talk about how maybe having those children has prevented you guys from. It hasn't getting, prevented me from having sex at all. Good, yet. good. To no, hear. no. Well, we have another one on the way, so well, obviously your boy's putting in work. Not not much work though. Probably about six minutes. Um, just kidding. Seven. Um, no, it's fun. It's, um, one of our very first episodes, it might've been episode two talking about like, uh, trying to, and in our, and the way that we thought about doing it is, you know, keeping the, keeping the fire going. And now that uh-huh. I think about it, we were two guys talking about shit that we really had no idea what we were talking about. But, um, you know, it's, it is, it's interesting trying to figure out how to, how to keep that fire going and keeping that intimacy and really finding pockets of when you can, um, be be sexy for long yeah. periods of time. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, hey, Parker's down. Let's get it. But like, I, I think. But you know what? Right now, that may be your reality. I mean, it may be a matter of having to schedule. It may be a matter of having it. 
one difference between men and women is men tend to like sex at night. Women tend to have a higher libido in the morning. I like, like how to have early? sex at like three in the morning if you ask her. Like it's like straight up middle of the you night. You like to have sex at three in the morning? It's like she middle does. of the night. Me, I don't know why. But, um, you just wake up and you're like, babe. Yes. Babe, babe, I'm trying to figure out. You just wake up like that? Wake up. Absolutely. Yes. The sound that you hear is it my depends upon if that's your hand tapping on the shoulder or that's your dick nah, tapping on the forehead. That's, that's, uh, hey, we're hey, here. We're or here. I'm, or I come you home sleep. at 3 a.m. drunk. Uh, but no, speaking, hey, if you can come home at 3 a.m. drunk and still perform. Oh, absolutely. It depends on what you're drinking. I. You gotta drink the right. You gotta drink the right whiskey. Three AM is like when the kinkiness comes out, and I'm not sure why. But that's like when I and she'll tell you like that's like when I'm like the kinkiest, and it's like I'm half sleep. But speaking of kids, mm-hmm. um, it's a weird. I, well, we were talking about kids and making sure you're still having sex while you have yeah. while you have children. Yeah. But I think that having a kid also brings in the the like the the the. the trying to be sneaky you know like, mm-hmm. like yeah when she's around like if her son's around you know it's like trying to like grab me you know when he's not paying attention it's mm-hmm. like it's like being a little mischievous i uh-huh. guess so i think it also enhances you know gives you your yeah. youth back it's like you know it's, it's kind of like being a sneaky teenager yeah, yeah. yeah except you like have you're, a in the, you're in the kitchen and mom and dad are in the living room and you do a quick like reach down the pants and touch see each other see what's and popping out up. there like oh shit that is mine yeah, yeah it is yeah because the bedroom like, door mine. can't be closed yeah. so um, oh children those days Whitney mm. wants to get a screen door it's very <laughs> you need morning dog. you need to get up early in the morning and bang in the bathrooms what you need to do the bathroom our bathroom's pretty small we have a king size bed um, well just bang in the morning yeah get up early before the kids are up i mean knock one out sacrificing your sleep though totes worth it so for her she doesn't like having sex in the morning because it puts her back to sleep or it makes her over- that's a good smack, smack her I was gonna say yeah <laughs> smack her on the ass and wake her back up like it's like uh, she's like oh, I, I, oh you're so relaxed we shouldn't have sex I don't know see I always time. love starting my day with an orgasm like masturbating first thing in the morning so, is the best way to get your date going it so really I read is a, I didn't read a book but there's an audio book called the gold standard by Ari gold. Do you know, I don't know if you know who Ari gold is, but he's on. I know, Ari gold, yeah. He's yeah. not a real person. He's a, but, right, right, right. but he wrote a Ari gold, wrote a book and like did a whole book tour. And like, that was like, yeah, like he did Sorry. a legitimate book tour as Ari gold, like everything. <laughs> okay. And one of the things he talked about was master. He's like, the first thing I do when I wake up is masturbate. He's like, I get one Hell off. Yeah. So that I am like, focused on the day yep and i i will be honest yeah those are like those for, are my mornings genius but for, but for me it's like 50 genius. it's 50 50 because i've had sex in the morning and i've had great days but then i've had like football games and i've had performances i've had to do like physical performances uh-huh and i felt like shit like before the game started or like kind of during the game like from the, do you really from think the that morning was orgasm yes absolutely in the morning like we've had like we've or just even prior to well like how, i've had a game at like one and we've had sex at like 10 a.m and it's i feel like that's cutting a little close personally myself seven i mean hours. i guess it depends upon how much physical exertion you were expending but. because i know that there's studies based around like how there is truly no you know how they say if you have sex before a fight you have a bad fight if you're a boxer or whatever or the, you, they say that you should stick away never heard stay of away that. from that well, you gotta, like, gotta read the Mike I mean, Tyson I mean, story. I guess I could, I could understand that because also you're, you're, you're changing the neurotransmitters that are in your body. Yeah. So that may be something to be said is it's not about the physical act of sex with your partner. It's about the fact that you've changed the neurotransmitters that are flowing through your body. So you're, you're getting your parasympathetic nervous system triggered. You're getting the, you know, endorphins and dopamine and stuff like that triggered maybe at a time when you don't want it. 
And then you're crashing from those things by the time you're actually participating in that activity. So when you want those things flowing, so I don't know. It's like an engine restart. It's got to boot back up maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'd... Jerk back off right before you. Well, I feel like that would be detrimental. I, I feel like you the field. I'm, I am. I worry sometimes how that could be categorized as a chronic masturbator. I don't know. What What do you consider a chronic masturbator? Like how often? I mean, what do you consider? I'm to just be kidding a about myself, addict? but so okay. Because at some point, I, when it comes to sex addiction, I have a very different perspective than what many people might expect. I. It's not that I don't think that sex addiction exists. It does. However, most people that kind of self-identify or will diagnose others as having a sex addiction, it's not really what's going on there. People like Harvey Weinstein, other other people who are like, oh, I'm a sex addict. No, 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 no. You just got caught in bad behavior and you're, you're using that as an excuse. Ah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Very true. You're a fucking criminal. That's what yeah. you are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A, a, a sex addict, so when you think about the model of addiction... Somebody who is using drugs or alcohol or gambles, those people are willing to destroy their lives for those addictions. They're willing to leverage their houses. They are willing to lose their families. They are willing to do all these really terrible things all for the sake of getting a fix. Most people, most, not all, but most people when it comes to sex and sexuality are not doing those same level of um, risky behaviors. So They may be doing some, but... Most of the time, it's simply that they're just being a crappy person okay, and, and, and choosing think, okay. to not limit their their choices. Okay. They're, they're not using their 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 um they're not inhibiting themselves. But that that's that is that has nothing to do with a model of addiction because there's there's nothing in their brain that is triggering them to say like I have to get a fix I have to do this thing in order to feel right in order to feel healthy in order to feel happy. So would you say that sex addiction and chronic masturbation probably don't go hand in hand or do they? Is there a pun I, intended? Well, no, I'm just, cause I feel as if, um, Shit, I wish, you know, we had an issue where she thought I was masturbating too much okay, and that was affecting the, the sex life. It can, you know, like, like you, you can't keep it up. You can't do this. And it's like, it's probably because you watched porn last night or you watched porn today. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. It could be, I don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> but let me ask you this. If you had had, if you if you had had sex the day before and then been expected to have sex the next day and perform at a high level, like would there have been any difference? Because it could be more about the fact that you had an orgasm. How old are you again? I'm, I'll be twenty seven this year. Oh, you're young. So but when a, you get into your thirties, things do kind of change. I will. I let's will talk about that. that. I'm thirty three. Yeah. I'm thirty three. So let's talk about that. What what I type of changes? Like, yeah, shit starts changing. Let me interest, tell you. The interest level, I think, was. Well, I mean, your problem. hormone levels change. They How just, long does that last? So like, it's like, well, they say a man's sexual peak is at 18. It's That's not that all right. of a sudden he dives after that. It's that your peak is at 18. And then after that, it's a slow and steady decline. Okay. So you're at a, you know, lower level than you are. Cause you're now, in your 30s. Well, speaking your 20s. on that, that Carla, we discussed earlier. Uh-huh. Who is. Well, we didn't discuss earlier because no we're bringing one, no it back. One, no one knows that that happened. Well, we discussed off air. We discussed um, off air. Yes, there we pre- go. Pre-production. Pre-production. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carla is a woman who is in her 60s. Because you had someone emailing a question, right? Right. From the DMs. Okay. So, and I can read it. Okay. Um, so, in this. Let's read it. This yeah. might correlate to kind of the whole sexual peak and then, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it seems Carla uh, is still peaking. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Carla. Good girl, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> Carla says, uh, 
what about women over 60? People behave, people believe, I believe is what you meant to say. People believe when you get to senior, when you become a senior, everything stops. Your sense of sexuality, being sensual, wanting romance, not just companionship. We're not dead. We may be older. It may get around a little slower, but we still want sexual relationships. Um, we still want to fall in love. You know, the overture at first glance, your heartbeat quickens. You try to steady your breathing. So nervousness or so your nervousness won't be detected. You take a quick sip of your wine, place your goblet down, stand <laughs> up and begin to cross the dance floor. To some old Marvin Carla Gaye. sounds like she just wants people to know that people Look, over sixty still, still got it. Deaky, you know what I'm saying? So my opinion is that you should never stop having sex, no matter how old you are, unless you are chronically ill and infirmed. You should be having sex until the day that you die. And I've always said I will try. Good. There and you I'm go. working so on like, absolutely. Meet the Fockers, Barbara Streisand's uh-huh. character, how she's helping the geriatric folks yeah. with the, you know, they're called liberators those foam pads yeah. they're on that's a real thing interesting they can be helpful but there's there's ways to help people you you gotta it's an it's an evolution you gotta keep changing as your body changes as your hormones change as your partnership changes <clears throat> and yeah she's right it doesn't stop that like you know we call it vague stirring that like oh i like him or her and seeing that attractive person and wanting that person to desire you yeah that never stops i think we link as a as a kid you tend to think that you know when you're in elementary school your early teens that when i'm 60 i'm going to be a completely different person but the older i get and i'm not that old but as i grow older i start to realize that's further from the truth i mean i realize that every 10 years like like, nothing really changed like i thought it was yeah my age has gone up but my mental is still the same yeah my move around a little differently so i i guess when she puts it like that, it all makes sense because yeah, mm-hmm. I am sixty, but like, I, I you know I still if I see someone attractive or I see someone you know who I who I want to be with, yeah. I still get nervous. I still you know so, so. for yeah, and so, you still want to feel desired and loved and like you're you know wanted. So how do you talk about that? Like some like someone of of Carla's age, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's just the general conversation as a whole. Like how do you express? Because I'm sure she can say that you know typing to us like yeah that that sounds that sounds magnificent. How do you translate that into the real world? And I think that's where a lot of people have that trouble is like, we don't know how to say exactly what it is that we want to convey to the opposite or same gender. Like we don't know how to convey that to a spouse or someone that we're interested in. Well, I think what you're trying to get at is how do you just be vulnerable and have conversations with your partner or with, right. You got it. Okay. (laughs) You know, it can be awkward for couples, especially if they've not been on that plane. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you've got to have a conversation about the conversation. You know, you've got yeah. to have a conversation of, hey, so I want to be more vulnerable with you. I want to be more honest with you, but we've not really done that in the past. So if we were to do that, like, can we talk about what that would look like? And do you want those same things? And 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 she probably will. And, and so you kind of also need to lay out some parameters of what, what does kind of talking in that safe space look like? Give, give yourself an, an actual kind of guideline for how to approach those conversations at first until they become more comfortable. Make, make it an actual event at first until they become something that's just more natural. Mm. So whether that's, for example, when you want to talk about your sex life, the last place or time that you want to talk about it is when you're having sex. Oh, yeah. Don't talk about sex in the moment. 
Now, it's one thing to be like, ooh, you know, touch me here, you know, guide them in a positive way versus later on and be like, hey, so when you went to do that thing yesterday, I think maybe you were just in the moment, but I kind of wasn't digging it. Mm, Okay. So I think those conversations are good so that it doesn't happen again. But I mm -hmm. feel that some couples don't necessarily have those conversations. They don't, right? Well, I think that's the bigger issue. They they don't want to hurt their partner. They don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, you're like, I know you like that. Yeah. I want you to enjoy yourself. But at the same time, I don't like that shit. Yeah. Well, like, okay, I I like primal play. I like scratching. I like biting. I like kind of being a little rough. And I have one partner who he was like, I really don't like your nails. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean... You guys, I mean, for the listeners, I've got really good nails. For the YouTube viewership out there. Yeah, right. I've got really good nails. But he was like, I don't like nails. I'm like, okay. So rather than scratch his back, I was just rubbing his back. But I feel like that's different But but that was like our fourth time or fifth time together. And he really had not said before then, like, I really don't like the nails. I'm like, okay. So it was something as simple as him just expressing, like, I don't really like that. And it changed it. And we had a much better experience just because he was feeling more comfortable and at ease because he was able to say what he he wanted. I think comfortability overall in a relationship is like, it's very odd because I've been in, I've been in positions where I've had sex and then you don't feel comfortable being naked around that person though. It's like you've had, you've had, you have sex with that person and then Mm -hmm. like Cindy's over here giggling her ass (laughs) off by the way. But it's the truth though. Like, and then like, you're like, well, like now I need to put my clothes back on. But it's like, we just were butt naked in this bed but I don't want to like walk to the bathroom with no clothes on. Like I want to get my underwear back on and my shirt. Some like. people do lack that comfort level or that com- that body confidence. So, I mean. I think some men are just like, you know, you saw me at a at a peak and we're no longer at that peak that you can visually see. So maybe it's like. A, a maybe it's a matter of just like grabbing that person and saying like, don't worry about it. You look sexy and just kiss them and touch them, smack them on the ass and walk away. And then if they're more comfortable putting some clothes on, let them put some more clothes on. But you've at least thrown it out there to him and lobbed him out to him that you know like hey all's good you're still sexy you don't have to put any clothes on if you don't want to okay when did uh the conversation of sex become so normal to you like because you like and people won't see it but like you light up when it's just like oh no here's this here's <laughs> just like you're very comfortable just talking about it and i guess yeah. obviously the profession but just like i feel like you got into the profession because you were so comfortable yeah. already yeah, I, I would agree. I that's kind of a challenge to answer, but I I always feel I'm here like, for the challenging questions. Yeah, I mean, when I think back, I mean, in in adulthood, especially college, I was always that friend that people were kind of asking questions about, you, you know, sex a, and sexuality. A quote, unquote, freak or quote unquote sexual person. Helps it helps you out a lot. It definitely helps. But you weren't always that. I wasn't I always assume. that. And then there's things that I've always been like aware of or known of yet not participated in. And to this day, there are things that I'm, I, I understand and I know about them, but that doesn't mean that I do them or mm-hmm. that I want them in my sex life. But yes, I've definitely gone to a BDSM club and gotten paddled and flogged and whipped and they those around here. They, they do. There's three the here in Kansas yeah. city. Actually. Well, I've heard about. So, so in fact, a date I went on Saturday night, we've been talking for a while and he, it was a kinky party, but let me, let me say this. It, it was a, it was a kink themed party. It wasn't really people doing kinky things. Let me just say that it was basically, Wait, how a, do you differentiate? It was basically a bunch of people who were dressed in kinky outfits or okay. lingerie, but they weren't like actually walking around doing any sex. Acts. Okay. 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 So it was wild, right? 
But I'm talking to my, my date about some things and he's like, you know, do you like this? I was like, I actually do like BDSM. In fact, you invited me to a pool party at the end of the summer. He's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I'm like, well, the reason I turned you down is because the night before I went and played at one of the BDSM clubs. And when red. you then invited me Sunday morning to this pool party, I went, oh shit, well, okay. And then I, I had shorts on. So I, I turned to my mirror and I pulled my shorts up to the point where my tan line would have been. And I realized that I had bruises that I wouldn't be able to explain. So I had to turn you down. He just laughed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's so there's weird. a difference. There's, there's people who kind of like the idea of kinky stuff and people who actually are into participating kink. in. Yeah. That. And I'm, you can read about things like hair pulling and flogging and cock and ball torture, but until you do them sometimes, it's just not the same. So there's a lot of, you know, I found things that I like. I have found things that I like. Cool. Tried it. Not for me. Good so, for you guys. No judgments. Um, but yeah, being a kinky person definitely helps me when it comes to being able to talk to and relate to people. So do you think when people like, and I think we had asked this earlier, like when you are asked of your profession, well, I guess one of my questions was like, how do you, how do you bring that up? Like, oh, what do you do? Do you say specifically I'm a sex coach or do you say I'm a, cause you also do what life coaching, wellness, say, like you do. Yes. I say I'm a relationship dating and sex coach. And depending upon where I'm at, some people look at me and go, I'm sorry, you're a what? Okay. You should say, well, you heard correctly. Um, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah. I would, I would assume so. <laughs> However, if I'm in certain circles and I say I'm a relationship dating and sex coach, people are like, oh, girl, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, 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 need, you, I yeah. need your help. I need your help. Here's a card. Usually it's when I'm at the gay <laughs> chamber. I do a lot with... Um, in, in business circles and, and one of the things I participate in a lot is the gay and lesbian chamber here in town. Like and the chamber okay. of commerce? Yeah. Yeah, there is, there is a gay and lesbian chamber of like commerce. Oh, really? Yes. Just... Businesses and allies. Okay. So huh. as a bisexual woman, I do kind of fall into the LGBT you know, spectrum. However, um, there's a lot of ally businesses too. Do you deal with a lot of uh, clients who are in the LGBT community? It's about half and half. Like as far as like... What's your, cause I, what's your demographic as far as age? So 35 to 50. Oh, so I got a couple of years to really feel like I need to be a part of getting any, any kind of it's coaching. Just 35 year olds are kind of like a little more on the, the uh, income scale. So. Oh, so, okay. So for a, those out there listening, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's texting. I watched the movie Yo, Selfless last night. The money. Yo, I watched this movie Selfless last night and uh, he was like, yeah, it's a movie where like you can take your cerebrum and put it into like a new skin or whatever. And like, okay. you have a whole new life. Um, Lord. but he was like, okay. yeah, I understand, uh, that you do this. So yeah, our, our clientele is, uh, that of, um, blah, blah. Oh, so you mean, uh, cause he was, it was like $250 million to do it. It was Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. Great, great film. Um, kind of trash, but it was still oh, good to Ryan watch. Ryan Reynolds and, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Nah, that was, no, he, Ryan Reynolds always looks like he's about to cry, and, and it gets me. I love it, but I'm like, yo, he man. He is my celebrity crush. Hey, don't get going. That's, on Ryan that's not a bad one. I, I, I want a Ryan sandwich. Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling. I'll be happy. Ryan Gosling, I, double R. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'm dating two guys named Ryan right now. Do Ryans know about this? Are you open about like your dating? I think one of the Ryans almost figured out about one of the other Ryans. Oh, so. They, Okay, I hear what you're Actually trying to say. She's a, she's a player. She's trying to she's trying to finesse it. <laughs> That's a real player move. I'm I'm dating two Ryans. No, no, no. One Ryan res, knows. Respect it. There's a third, but he's kind of seeing somebody else. But there a might be a threesome. Ryan? Is his name Brian? Come again? 
Yeah. I, with again, all the I'm Ryans? bisexual, so, you know. Well, with I all like the girls. Ryans? Well, not all the Ryans. Be the Ryan and his new girlfriend. Oh, okay. That's different. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about so all So, do, you, do the, you throw that out there? That little. Yeah. Or do they. You're like, hey. So, you're like up well, front I met as her fuck. and I was like, hey, yo, she's, she's pretty hot. Okay. She's got a nice body. Okay. So. I, I, was, I was like, so is she bisexual? Ma'am, he I goes, would like to see goes, how you look yes, naked. Yes, she is. And I was like, awesome. Ah, okay. I, mm. When I met her, I I totally was awkward. I was kind of like an awkward boy. I was like, uh, uh, I'm a teenager. Uh, oh, did you hear? You're really pretty. <laughs> I'm going to go now. So, so we were reading, uh, <laughs> some questions not to get off the, uh, the threesome, the right, the Ryan sandwich. Yeah. Right. I feel like everybody, well, not everybody. I feel like every man wants to have a threesome, but mm-hmm. he only not every to, woman does. So but only no. every, every yeah. man wants to have a threesome involving another woman though. Right, that's a total double standard about like, well, so like the the male, male, female can be a devil's triangle, which is technically like there's no interaction between the two males. It's just the female. That's what a lot of men fantasize about. It's not really a probably by definition a threesome we're no, not all, no it's three I mean, it's, it's a three threesome people because there's three people yeah but, so, but there's different there's different varieties yeah, of threesomes. so there's a double on, triangle where it's literally just the the woman is the person that is in the middle between the two males and there's no sexual contact between it's the men called the a-frame a-frame as well yes but then there's also plenty of threesomes where there's interactions between the males and That's there's the, of course the two females where the balls are meeting or or the things <laughs> There could be insertions. Oh, that's, oh, that's true too. Scissors, that's true too. Uh, they call it a yeah. scissor. No, that's because no. scissor is well, two like women. One yeah, of my, one of my partners, he is totally open to men. We have not had a threesome yet, but we've been kind of are looking you, are for you wor- working, one of those. Working on that connection. Yes, we're working on that connection. Yeah. Right now. So okay, yeah. I, I want him to be happy too. You know. You know, you're giving, and that's that's I am. what's important. I'm totally a giver. You want? <sighs> I think being very God bless comfortable you. God is bless probably you. what has helped you out. Absolutely. I mean. Because here's the thing, as, as a bisexual woman, I've got to be comfortable with any of my partners being bisexual as well. Because isn't that kind of a double standard? It absolutely like, why would is be. He, why does he? Why is he required to be okay with me, but or I'm not, not required yeah. to be okay with him? You know, that's a good way to look at it. Huh? Yeah. I'm not saying that all my partners need to be bisexual. However, if they are bisexual, I'm going to, of course, be understanding of that and and let them find opportunities to explore that. Just like I want them to let me find opportunities to explore so mine. Do you guys have to agree on the the person? Like, absolutely okay yeah yeah there was there's been a couple of he's he's kind of said like well what about this one i'm like are you more selective yeah. because just with girls i'm more selective yeah. i feel like I kind of really? but he's been a little selective on guys too i've thrown a couple out towards him he's like me yeah mm-hmm. okay do you feel as if a threesome needs to be is it more awkward if it's planned or if it's just kind of got to happen no actually i think that it can be less awkward when it's planned yeah in fact my my first one so i have a couple that i go play with occasionally and they were my first threesome um it was definitely a planned thing like we talked first um Mm. we we set parameters we had rules like every time we meet up she's in charge there's you know, ah. she is, she lets us know what she's okay with he and I doing and what she's not. And that's totally cool because like, but, but she and I have also over time, it's been over a year since we've been playing together. She, she and I have built up a really good level of like a friendship and trust. And she's even said before, like, I really appreciate how much you respect my relationship. Cause like when he and I text one-on-one, it's just totally innocuous stuff. It's like, here's a funny joke or something, you know, awesome. I saw online. There's never anything that 
she could look through like, all of my don't, text messages. We don't, we don't want a yeah. relationship strictly, outside of you're this. You're strictly here for the playing and not trying to compromise the exactly. relationship. She, I, I would happily let her look through any text that I ever have sent him because there is nothing that is compromising. Anything that's sexual is either with both of them or with just her. Okay. So I, I play by the rules because I actually do really respect her. They actually have a really really sweet relationship and I really admire them. They're really cute together. I'm like, oh, I want that one day. So You're working towards it. Remember I am, that. Absolutely. And they're really sweet. They're like, you'll find it. You'll find it. They were the sweetest. They actually um, started off my 38th birthday with a threesome. So. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. If we had I was a like, button, we'd yeah, I was we'd like, happy fun. birthday to me. <laughs> Is that the voice that you That's use? totally what I said. <laughs> I, uh, it like midnight hit and I was like, hey, yeah. Hey, it's 12 Let's fucking do this. <laughs> right? Uh, Let's go. So I don't really even know what we've accomplished and not accomplished here. I great like conversation. I think that I've given a lot of really feel. great free advice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody listening to this just needs to mark down things and go back and replay them and then play them. Five for love languages. Some yeah. Good stuff with that. I had, I had That's someone, at the 36 minute mark, actually. I yeah, wrote I had, that one down. Cool. Oh, I had someone one. ask a specific question about... Okay, let's get one more in there. Yeah, they said they have no problems in the bedroom, just a long-distance relationship. Okay. And I, I don't, <gasps> as far as, like, sex goes, Ooh. I feel like that can be very... It can be a very good thing because when you see each other, it's like, it's on and popping. Hell yeah. But then the closer the relationship finally becomes, this is the sex life eventually... I mean, ab- there is something really bit. to be said about absence can make the heart grow fonder, but you definitely got to do some work when you're apart to make those long-distance relationships work. I think that technology is fantastic oh, in these instances. The yeah. It's not just about sending nudes. Ooh. It's about that you can have like you you the hell chat up. and you can <laughs> masturbate together. Oh, okay. And, watch and we're each back. Other. Yeah. You can play with toys together. Things like that. You know, or just watch the other person play with a toy or stuff like that. You know, in full disclosure, you can, I've, you can that, send that was me. Text during the day. There's just yeah. also things you can do to kind of like ramp up during the day. To like escalate the sexuality or the sensuality of things. It's just embarrassing if you've been got all this hype and then you finally get back together and it's like, you know, have you ever seen you jerk off right have before you, that? Have you seen? You? I have seen you. It's like when he first has sex with, uh, and he comes really and quickly. He, he nuts in like two seconds. I, forty year old virgin, same yeah. thing. Oh, like that's Steve, the whole oh, thing. Steve. Oh Steve! But yes. it just happens. It it happens. It happens to the best of us. So. Jerk they, off before you see them. Or just have sex again in like five or ten minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I don't me, understand. Let me re- yeah. you got somewhere you got to go. Let me rebuild. You know, power yeah. up. <laughs> it's called a refactory period. Let me plug it. Interesting. In. You just need some guys' refactory period is shorter than others, so every guy kind of knows their own refactory. <laughs> Miles is gonna write that down. No, I'm, I'm, that's uh, that's gonna be a good period. note there. Refactoring period. Hey, babe, I'm just going to my refactoring period. I need <laughs> five to ten minutes. We'll be right back at Re- it. Think of a refactory. Your little yeah. guys down there are just yeah. like retooling just, and I trying picture, to get things I, I like your little like, assembly line back like, up and know, running. Like, it's like the assembly, like the uh, the trains going, but I'm like out of coal. You know, so I'm just down there <laughs> yeah, digging, yeah, gonna yeah, digging more exactly. coal, throwing, throwing some more coal in there to get this thing going. Hi ho, bitches. So what? So we've discussed a lot about sex, a lot about relationships, a lot about dating. So we're not going to admit that she's not going to acknowledge her saying hi, ho, oh, bitches. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I 100% heard that. Uh, it's a whole lot of this. It's the semen down there. They're down there trying to get your stuff together. Uh, trying to get that boat. Putt, putt. Move. Yeah, get that steamship going. <laughs> 
Well, it's like the men who are like, you know, when you're in a ship and there's like 50 guys in the base and they're trying to get it. It's like you give them a little break. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're on a bathroom break. They're getting some water, uh, some refreshments to get back to it. Oh, um, shit. But, so, <laughs> Hi, ho, bitches. So what? We're in what this thing. I do stand-up comedy sometimes, by the uh, way. You should. We'll be you there. should. We will be there. Uh, let oh. us know the comedy. Well, I'm doing a storytelling hour tomorrow at Shelf Life at the Brick. Actually, so you guys should come. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, you guys should be there. Whoever hears this, they should be there, and you should be here. You this too. After you yeah, because this show um, will probably air after I do that. So. It will absolutely yeah. will. So, what are some of your before we before we close out of here? Sure. What are what's your primary focus when you meet a couple and when they come to you and Viceland's no longer playing? <laughs> um, what's your primary? What, what is your goal to get that couple back? to where they need to be and then also what are your goals as a sex coach do you plan on like, what, sex what you, coaching it up forever which, I, hate, I hate to use this vague question but where do you see yourself in five years well, or two years yeah. like, what, are your, what are your goals as a just as a person and just as you know as your business goes which is open sure. open door open the doors coaching open the doors coaching yeah. sure so like com. well your first question about <laughs> what my goals are with helping clients that are couples I mean, helping any client is just about helping them have a, ha- a healthy, happy, and fulfilling sex life. And doesn't matter if that's an individual coming to me or if that's a couple coming to me. I really want to help them make sure that they are as happy and comfortable in their own skin and expressing themselves sexually in a way that feels positive and that they feel loved and accepted. So is it, is your first meeting a little bit of trying to like work out that awkwardness? Like, look here, you can talk to me about anything. You like, angle? yeah, sometimes it is. You like, you know, you yeah. like this, let's talk about this. Yeah. You Cause there's definitely times that clients are like, I don't, I don't really know what I can say to you or how, how comfortable you are with things. I'm like, you can basically talk to me about anything except medical fetish and I'll be fine. And like, what's medical fetish? I'm like, that's cool. You don't know about it. We're good because I don't want to okay. talk about it. Okay. So. I was just high hope bitches and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> But um, as far as my goals, um, so I I say that I really want to build an empire. There's a lot of people out there that people have heard of, like Dr. Ruth and Esther Perel and Dan Savage. And I mean, I want to be on that level. Um, Like, do you? Those are the pioneers. Those are kind of like the fearless leaders that are out there. And I... I want to like write a book. I want to have a TED talk. I want to maybe like write a screenplay. I want to it's not that I want to be famous. It's that I helping people one-on-one or, or on a couple levels is great, but I don't want to just help a couple hundred or a couple thousand people. I want to help like millions of people. Help the world. I do want to help the world. I want to start my podcast soon. Which, um, uh, what is the name? For okay. It. I, she let told us, us the name and it sounds it. super awesome. Let us hear it. Keep them coming with open the doors coaching. Oh, I love double entendres. Yeah. So my, my title on my business card is owner and head coach. Hmm. It is. Good job. Yeah, see, Good okay, job. I gotta be honest, until I point it out to straight people, they usually don't get it, but gays get it every fucking time. Uh, I give it out the gay chamber, they're like, ah, <laughs> head coach, I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. So whenever we initially met, we met at a, a vendor event, and uh, she goes, oh yeah, and I think you actually said, I'm a sex coach, and my wife was with me, mm-hmm. and she goes, Oh, we're fine. And I'm sitting there like, yo, we are, but <laughs> Most just imagine say that. how much. Most people say like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, you Most know what? That's say, cool. We're fine. We're but fine. Is your husband fine or is your wife fine? And I'm but, sitting here like, the there's thing. so much that can be learned still. 
there, there's always learning to be had. There's a, there's the fixed mindset and there's the learner mindset. So I appeal to the people who are in the learner mindset who are like, there's always something to, to learn. There's always growth to be had. There's always something new to figure out. You require both parties to be, um, be there if like not if necessarily for the loner, sometimes you're loner, you're working learner. with like a couple we say in absentia because you're working with one person while the other partner's like fuck you i don't want to do this <laughs> they'll, they'll come I, I don't know why you gave me the mild, finger <laughs> sorry or less mild of like i don't really think we need this no, or like do. you need coaching and i'm fine and that's the one that needs help more than like, I, so i remember being at a convention uh-huh. i was i used to do like um for like a side job i did direct sales for like medical devices okay and literally we would be at any, any, any convention there was that had nothing mm-hmm. to do with medical. We would be there mm-hmm. a car show, boat show, medical <laughs> show, whatever we were there. Gotcha. And I just distinctly remember this guy walking up to us and we were selling tens units. And I don't know if you know what a tens unit I ha- is. I, I got bought, one. I bought one of those units at a, a convention in yeah. Las Vegas. I so, love it. You, I was going <laughs> to say, I love it. And I, and so they keep so one we, in the tuck. <laughs> so we we're in new Orleans and you know, people are walking by and I'm like, Hey, you know, trying to get them to try it or can we try it let's talk about it and this guy walks by he's like and i ask him about it he's like oh well, those are 10 units huh and he's he's a i forgot what he said he was but he's something along something to do with sex mm-hmm. i don't know if he's okay. a sex therapist sex coach or something uh-huh. and he's like telling he's like oh yeah you put this right here and then you and your partner hold hands and it's like mind-blowing and he's like and we're like what and this was like a few years ago oh my god like, i got a new application for my tin machine there you go and then he and then i just remember him walking away and saying interesting something about yeah so apparently if, charge wind up when i get home so apparently if you have it on your private uh-huh because basically it's, it's electromagnetic yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so if you're touching someone else they're gonna feel part of it yeah yeah so it's hmm. something along the lines of if it's connected through you and to them they can feel it at the same time um so yeah, the nice little plug right there. I have a phone call to make my way home. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> have another glass of wine too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was just random. But I, I remember get, walking away. Get and ready. We were we were like shocked by it. And he was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's understandable. You boys probably haven't even figured out your nipples yet." And then he walked away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't necessarily know what he." <laughs> so would you that. go home that night and do in the hotel room? I mean, well, we had like a double a double suite or whatever, so it wasn't like. Jim, get out of here! I got me and Jesse weren't on that level. (laughs) (laughs) I need the room for ten minutes. Would you try this for me, bro? Just need you to speaking a try. (laughs) We we talked about that on the last episode. Have you ever seen Abducted in Plain Sight? Go ahead, go home and watch it on one of your nights when you're free. I saw you guys posted about that. I haven't watched it yet, but I will go watch. It's crazy. Yes. Do you are you friends with us? Are you friends with Miles on Facebook? I just started following you guys on social media. Oh, thank you. Thank you on Instagram. You'll have to follow me as well. Open Uh, doors, KC. Yes. On Instagram and Twitter, Open it the Doors is. Coaching on Facebook. You can find my website, oh, OpenTheDoorsCoaching.com. 12, 12 hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> I prepared for that. <laughs> I totally prepared. Um, speaking of which, I saw, I, I think I subscribed to the newsletter. Oh, thank you. Um, the Dirty Bird? Yes, ma'am. Ooh. Now, I say that, but I don't know if you've sent anything, so I don't know. I haven't yet. Okay, okay, okay. So, my my Dirty Bird will, I think, be out next week. So, yes, okay. I, I do have, I have two email lists. I have a safe for work. And a not nah, so safe I joined for the not work safe called for work. the Dirty Bird. Yeah, I was pretty excited so my, about that. So my logo. Dom he, actually made fun of me. <laughs> He's like, because we were reading it. He was like, tell me about what so I'm reading. I was like, oh, she's got an email list. Not safe for work. He goes, what are you doing? Oh, I'm signing up for this. Hell yeah. I'm curious. So for instance, when I do my, my talk at Shelf Life, my talk is about how I became a sex coach and I will be having an object there. Shelf life, the purpose is that they put an object on the shelf 
And then you take your object down and you talk about it. So mine is a dildo, a vibrator. It's it's my Hitachi magic wand rechargeable. Is that the big one? It is. We, we have, it looks like, I shouldn't say we, but (laughs) it's sweet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Dom and I learn a lot about each other through this. Men can get lots of stimulation from a magic wand. And she might be upset because I believe her mother listens to this podcast, but she, I don't think that's why she's going to be upset. I'm very, (laughs) she's got a, what up? We've talked to so Ma's coming to town and she's like to watch when we go to Ma's Fiji. probably got a magic wand too. So probably. I know her and Jerry get it on. Um, My parents are freaky too. So she's like, it's cool. She's like, well, really? she's burned all the bridges. Well, she's like, I mean, I guess conversation. Burn it all down. She's like, is your couch comfortable? Because she's gonna come. We're going to Fiji in a few months, and she's mm-hmm. gonna watch the, the baby while we're gone. And she's like, is your couch comfortable? I'm like, why would you sleep on the couch? You can just sleep on it. And there's a bed back there too. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you could you can sleep in our in our bed. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, we'll, I'd rather not. We'll wash the sheets. Don't worry. Like. And take I'm not going to take it to Target, get her some new sheets. But <laughs> it's okay. It's your home. Yeah, absolutely. Just know we've done it in Tampa. I'm not going to say where, but we've done it. Just be like, yo, mom, like the couch isn't safe either. We've done it everywhere. Yeah, there's here, a, like, so. I tell, I tell my friends all the time, you sit like, on, we've banged on. I assume, it. like, I would say that the, the sheets, <laughs> a, at least the sheets have been clean, <laughs> at least the sheets have been washed. Like the, right? the couch, you can't wash the leather. Yeah, the couch hasn't been wiped off. Like I mean, it's it is what it is. Right. We got it's a just, you're sitting on it. He's sitting on it. it yeah, hey, we got a piece of art in our house somewhere, and uh, it's like, oh, that's all. That's that's so nice. What is? It? Oh, it's just some some abstract art, but it's like the love art uh, collection. So we thought, oh, and we just laugh at each other every time. It's like, oh, you guys don't even know. It's that's like her. That's her. All the art. Uh, <laughs> A, f- a friend sent me a thing yesterday that was like, "This is so gross," and it was like the butthole chocolates. Oh yeah, I was like, I was like, "No, no, I've got one guy in mind that I've thought about doing that for the butthole chocolates." And it's not like a positive thing necessarily; it would be more of a like "fuck you" thing. So not the butthole chocolates, but when I was younger, I used to watch HBO um, Cat real, House or Real Sex. Real Sex, and there was yes. an episode of the ladies Taxi Cab Confessions. They were making thing. like ceramic dildos. Uh huh. Oh of, yeah, they made dildos out of like eight, uh, guys' numbers, and it wasn't the episode where she talked about doing like her first cast was one of her first casts was Jimi Hendrix. Mm, this was years ago when I, okay. I don't, I don't know so that that episode she talks about how one of her first penis casts was Jimi Hendrix, but she learned an important lesson with him because again, being one of her first, that's an expensive. Dick. She did not realize that when you're making a plaster mold, you you've got shave. to you no, it's not just about shaving. You've got to use petroleum jelly or some sort of like something to let it get off because she basically ripped all of Jimi Hendrix oh. pubes out. Oh, yikes. Wait, do they do uh, do they do penis molding here in Kansas City? I mean, I would assume you would know. You, you, they have kits that you can just buy on the internet but, and, and make a mold of yourself. Jimmy really? here would probably sell for a decent amount of money because uh, John, not John Lennon. Who's who's the Beatle that's dead? John Lennon. John, John Lennon, Lennon and John and I think Harrison. It's, I think it's John Lennon. He did a he did a movie where he cut his hair and like his hair just sold for fifty grand last year, I believe. I like, don't. It just had a ziploc bag. Got it. I don't, what's I don't know how much I would pay for Jimmy. one of Jimi Hendrix pubes. I wouldn't pay any money at all for anyone's pubes, personally. It's <laughs> not really not really a <laughs> sound investment. But hey, and- people are into weird things, or, mm-hmm. and I, I shouldn't say weird. People just are into things. People are into very. Different, different is that the word that we and use some guys are in the feet some sometimes. guys some people are in the whatever okay what's one of the coolest fetishes that you've heard we i know you're doing coolest? like a plug for a second and mm. then we stopped you we'll let you get back to the plug <laughs> but what's one of the coolest fetishes that you've heard about coolest fetishes or oh both coolest okay. weirdest what would you say blew your mind like what's, yeah what's a client 
and we'll, we can finish on this. When someone's walked into your office or your your workspace, what's the craziest well, thing you've heard? Not to get I would say personal. more of like what I've seen in person. Yeah, let's do that. One of I'm the strangest sure fetishes I've seen like acted out in person. Well, seriously, the medical fetish stuff, and that's just because to me, I I I can't get down with like needles and and blood and like doing so, strange stuff so okay again strange to me it's strange to me yeah. but but the people that are doing it are doing it usually in a, a sanitary environment i mean i follow this one dominatrix on uh, instagram i've met her in person she she you know she's doing it the right way but it's still just not it's just not something me. Mm, yeah yeah that's where i draw the line but i've seen no it done in me, person dog. um there's a club again one of the bdsm clubs here in town they do a lot of educational classes and one of the things they did was like a kind of the 12 kinks of Christmas. And so they were showing 12 different varieties of kink. And one of them was medical play. And I was like, Nope, not for I me. Gotta get, I got to so, take a break. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta so, ah. I hate blood. I know, we're, I know we're trying to get out of here, but something you might want to listen to. There's a guy who does a podcast that's called sword and scale. Oh yeah. And I like that one. So have you heard the new podcast monstro? I haven't. So he, he now produces a new podcast with like four of the guys of separate podcasts okay. called Monstro. Okay. And the very first episode, and it is graphic. It's a very graphic podcast. Um, but the very first episode is like it's so nonchalant. Kind of based around well, it's just it's graphic, but it's very if if you're into that, like it's interesting stories to hear how people can really do these sort of things. Okay. And interesting to hear the background on it and the he's got like the detectives and the trial and all that. He's got all that on there. But the very first episode in the new one called Monstro, something you might want to listen to. It'll it it really was like tough for me to 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 hear, but it's not medical sex, but it's long story short, it's a guy who he's 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 homosexual. Okay. And he was very close to his mother. Father died, mother ended up dying. And he gets into like you know this this chat room. He's it's just, this is somewhere in another country, like in Europe. Um, and he's in a chat room, and you know he's they're they're always talking about weird stuff, but it's a, a fetish of a sexual fantasy of eating someone. Okay. So he's into like this eating. Oh, is this the guy that got prosecuted for talking about doing it, but didn't actually do it? No, this guy did it. Okay. Uh, so basically, the fact that you guys, long story, long story short, he. I read a lot of news, and yeah. I know about some really weird shit out there. Yeah. So so long story short, he he basically is in these chat rooms talking about you know killing people and talking about trying to find a victim, but I want to have sex with. You. I want it to be a sexual fantasy, but I, so basically, he finds someone who's ready to die. But they want to die in a sexual manner. Okay. And so they they meet, they talk. He comes over, and they you know they have this infatuation with one another. They're they're, yeah, they're groping each other when they pick each other up, and like it's 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 super dark. But like he legitimately kills the guy, but in a sexual way. Like like they fuck. It's super aggressive. It's like, and I don't want to spoil it if you actually listen. Weird because <laughs> he. He he does some he does some very gory things in it, uh-huh. and he then he he kills the guy at the mm-hmm. end. But it's what the guy wants, and he ended up standing trial for it, and he only got like manslaughter because there was no law in place about assisted suicide, essentially. And yeah. then it eventually was overturned, and now he's in prison for life for it uh, yeah. because they they fought it. But uh, it might be something you want to check out, and not to promote that podcast, but it's. <laughs> It is a promotion, I guess, <laughs> of the highest level. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a very it's a very it's very interesting, but at the same time, it's super it's super odd. That's someone's sexual fantasy is like There's this is some, what I want you to do to me. Some strange things out there. There's definitely some things that are obviously illegal that people fetishize or are into, and 
as far as me and when I work with people, I say as long as everything is sane, safe, and consensual, we'll talk about it. Beyond that, I'm not the right fit for you. Yeah. Let's get that out in the open. Yeah. So it's definitely been some things people are like, so I'm like, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. And you just stop, just stop them from, from that point on. Yeah. I'm like, uh, if that's what you're into talking about, like, I'm, we're not going to be a good fit. Okay. Well, would, um, you, would you mind repeating your social media? Sure, and how sure. Can? Before you do that, okay. What do you want to leave people with? Yeah. Do you have Do you have a, a thought? Like, what's What's the most important thing that you feel as if you could tell someone as far as uh, being a sex coach, as far as maybe intimacy or you know, getting? It's always easy for people to start off hot, hot and heavy, and then we fall into those patterns of having less sex or less intimacy. And I would say for all those people out there who are kind of struggling with that, kind of like that dip and wanting something back, like there is hope out there and there's, there's ways to, to get your confidence back. There's ways to reconnect as a couple, you know, hope is not lost. And, and yes, while that might often be the natural pattern, it doesn't have to be. And that there's ways to build intimacy with between a couple that can be really freeing and, help you guys just have a really happy, healthy, like fulfilling sex life for the rest of your lives. That this, this idea that, Oh, you're just going to be together for so long and then you're going to like break up and that people aren't built for monogamy. Like, yeah, some people aren't built for monogamy, but there's ways to still like have a healthy, happy relationship with someone for a very long time and write your own rules, do your own things, enjoy the things that you enjoy and just be happy together. And that's what I want to help people with. It's a solid response. We'll be we'll be seeing you shortly. Okay, I agree. Sounds good. As far as my socials, Steph oh makes, yeah, Steph makes a lot of money, so she can afford keep you. that girl. She can afford <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, first off, don't I, first off, I don't want you to disrespect my wife. Yeah, she makes a lot. Of she money does well. very well too. We're <laughs> actually the losers in this situation. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I'd like to talk to your ladies about that. That toxic masculinity. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh no, yeah, I love it. No, but we know we lucked up. No, that's good. That's good. I was actually having a conversation with people the other day about like how to be okay with being the woman that makes more money than your man. And for, for both the man and the woman in the relationship that there's a lot of societal pressures on that. So there was one of, well, I'm also getting ready to be a stay at home dad too. So there's, there's Mm -hmm. we're all in one cohesive household. I see a a follow up podcast coming. There's a, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot out here. Um, that was one of the first things that our, our, uh, premarital counselor talked about and it was, it wasn't really directed to me. It was directed to her Mm -hmm. because she had to be, he was like, you have to be okay with knowing you're always going to make more. And she, geez Louise, she makes more. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, okay, let's get to your social media. Make sure. sure everyone knows where they can find you, how yeah. they can find you. Um, give them your prices. I'm just kidding. <laughs> give them, give uh, them all your easy. contact information. Sure, sure. So my website's openthedoorscoaching.com. And they can find me on Facebook, just Open the Doors Coaching. Twitter and Instagram is Open the Doors KC. And again, my name's Kristen Thomas. I'm like, <laughs> I was trying luck. to pronounce like, I felt like there's more social media out there, but I'm like, I mean, I guess. And I mean, you could, you probably find our email on our website. Yes. Uh, Kristen at open the doors coaching.com. Yeah. Well, I feel like we, the people can go on my website. They can fill out my little form about, you know, reaching out to me. And they, if they're not comfortable with that, they can DM me on any other platform, but best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website fill out my contact me form and hey i'm always willing to like i said with me starting my podcast soon i'm always willing to you know have people reach out to me and say they've got a topic they'd love to hear about or they'd like to be a guest or they just again they want some coaching they can reach out to me and she's also has a as we we touched on briefly a 
a newsletter. Oh yeah, my Dirty Bird newsletter. Do sign up for my Dirty Bird. Um, So make sure you sign up for it. She's got a hot and heavy one, and she's also got a not so heavy one. Um, Yeah, no one wants that one though. Yeah, I mean, I the safer work is fun, but the not safe for work is is really where it's at. Of course, don't put your work. It took me a long time. I had to make sure NSFW meant NSFW. Totally NSFW. Okay. Uh, well, we appreciate you um, coming and Thank you for joining having me. The, the studio, the it's illustrious man cave. Yeah. Uh, sitting on our $5,000 love seat. Uh, not really. It was actually. <laughs> that hammy. apparently you've banged on. Yeah. So, you know. Quite a few times. If you're an adult, you just have to assume people are having sex on all of their stuff that they own. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you go into that thinking like that. You're good to go. Perhaps you had sex on this and I'm okay with that. You're an adult. You have a healthy sex life. That's how you spend that. Yeah. Well, again, we thank you totally. for, for coming through and, you know, giving us your insight and allowing us to be all over the place and have a conversation with you. <laughs> we will thank Cindy for sitting through it. Thanks, Cindy. Hanging so, out. Being so patient with us. Uh, She's yeah. blowing you all kisses, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Thomas. Be sure to check her out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also check out our website. Again, Open Door. The Open, open Door. The, open the Doors Open the coaching. Doors Coaching. Plural. Open the Doors Yep, open the doors coaching.com yep that's okay. it you got it she's great thanks guys and i guess we're out yeah maybe we'll follow up with this one day if she doesn't charge us for it sweet we'll she, will. she will she <laughs> will all right guys thanks again for listening to rich dad roundtable we are out Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 911, what's your emergency? Senora, me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar. El hijo iba rápido, creo, y después. Ay, Dios mío, qué horror. No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netza.